All right, first episode. Welcome everyone to the sports edition. It's me, Shay, with my host, JC, and we're going to hear talk to you about sports. Yeah, that's uh, JC's soundbite right there. I try to have a soundbite, but I I really don't. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll probably think of something later yeah. on. Yeah, you got to pay for something or something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I gotta have my own trademark. I got yeah. my own trademark. Yeah, every every rapper needs that that little um that little soundbite. Everybody needs one. Yeah, yeah, you know how like Jay Z has like thirty soundbites, thirty ad libs as yeah. one. I need I need to just have something like that, just random ad libs, just saying ho or yes. or young, just just random sound libs like that. I just need to add that to my repertoire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody needs those. Everybody needs those ad libs. So, I mean, since we're in Atlanta, we'll we'll hire uh, the Migos during quarantine. That way, we can get some ad libs going. I don't know if I want some Migos ad libs. I got uh, well, they got the best ad libs in the game. Let's be honest. I mean, that's all their songs. It's just ad libs. They don't even uh, rap. It's just hence why they have the best ad libs in the game throughout the verse. Exactly. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. If their if their entire rap concept is ad libs, then I mean, they got the best in the game. Simple. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about the NBA because the NBA is finally back. Hallelujah. It's been how long? Well, I don't say how long without sports because I've been watching soccer, but I've been four months without the NBA. I mean, it's been, I mean, we haven't even had soccer for that long. We've only had soccer for like, what, three weeks, two weeks? About two months. If you you watch German soccer, about like two months, but. Bundesliga came, (laughs) wait, Bundesliga came back in April? Yeah, it was April or May. It was definitely like one of those months. It came. It was there for a oh. while now. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I don't watch Bundesliga at all. Uh, uh, but honestly, Bundesliga is much better. If you uh have then what? Sports, <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's better than the Premier League. Oh, you and, need to relax. And, and because <laughs> this is our first episode, you're already going off cap like that, bro. <laughs> the reason why I said it's better better than the Premier League is because they are more attacked. So it's more free flowing. It's more fun to watch. So yeah, but you also, but also, you know who's gonna win. Like it's either gonna be Borussia Dortmund or it's going win. to be Bayern Munich. It's nobody else. Well, easy. Just don't watch Bayern. Even, even Dortmund is not. They're not always going to win. But just don't. No, watch I'm saying Bayern. those two teams are the, pretty much I mean, the only no, teams that for, win for title races. For title races, of course, yeah. the Premier League's more entertaining. But just watching yeah. like, overall games. Like, no, no, because the, no, because now you're telling me to exclude an entire team, maybe two out of the entire like, no, <laughs> like no. I'm just saying, just watch individual games, like just say like watch a Bayern Leverkusen Dortmund game or a Leverkusen Augsburg like Schalke whatever. You're it's telling me you'd rather watch one offensive. of those games rather than watching like Man City versus Chelsea. You'd you'd rather watch. I, I watch Man City versus Chelsea, but how many times is it going to be Man City versus Chelsea? You could just watch. See, I would Man rather City watch. I would rather Chelsea. watch Watford versus Bournemouth than any Bundesliga oh, game. Oh no, 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 no. Yes, okay. yes, absolutely. Reason why? Maybe because I've watched Premier League so much for like years now, so I'm probably getting tired of that style. But when they kind of play too defensive, their style yes. kind of. Like, yes. a lot of teams don't really separate themselves other than Man City in terms of play style, really. Um, uh, mm, I mean... Well, and Liverpool, and, and most recently. I was about to say Liverpool and... Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, uh, God, what's their name? I hate them. 
Tottenham. Tottenham plays a really weird style too, in my opinion. It's not fun. It's not. It's not. It's not fun. Yeah, it's most, not fun. That's the thing with the Premier League. Most teams are not fun to watch. They play unless like, they both play not fun styles, which makes it fun. Two negatives make positive. <laughs> no, because then you just have Syria, and then that's kind of boring to watch. But yeah. Bundesliga, like they're all, so all cap right now. All cap right now. Say it again. The, I said you're all cap right now. You're saying that the Premier League is boring, and then Syria is more, even more boring. Syria is boring <laughs> if Atalanta, Juventus, or Inter is not playing. All I'm, all I'm, listen, all I'm saying is that I would rather watch a defensive team than an all-offensive team, to be honest. Because there's a reason why Bundesliga teams get absolutely demol- demolished, except for like Schalke and Byron. And, oh, Schalke gets uh, demolished. Sometimes. So, no, I'm talking about like in um, like when they play in uh, what's that? What's that tournament called? Not not Champions League, the other one. Europa League. Like when they play in Europa League, yeah, yeah. When they're playing in like um, that's disgusting. When they're playing in Europa League, sometimes they'll either get like really lucky um, when they're playing against uh, super defensive teams. But when it comes to like mid-level Premier League, mid-level Syria, they get absolutely smashed because they don't know how to defend because they're too busy attacking. Yeah, that's true. you but feel me, that, man. But that's that's why I'm, I'm I know I feel you. But I'm saying just watch any other team but Bayern, and it's usually entertaining. Of course, the title race is, is a foregone conclusion, but if you watch like mid so then why watch it? Teams. Why watch it? Why would I watch? Why would I watch the NBA if I knew like Boston and the Lakers same, were going to win every year? Why would watch, I do that? Same reason to watch you at the NBA in 2017 and 2018, where the Warriors were the dominant team, and we all knew they were going to win. But you just watched it because you enjoyed basketball. To be I honest, if I'm being honest, soccer. if I'm being honest, that year I, I didn't watch that much basketball. Those two years I didn't watch that much basketball. Okay, so that makes us different. You watched mm-hmm. for the title contention. I just watched for the just yeah, I, just for the strict love. I mean, I I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I can't do it. <laughs> like if I know if I know who's going to win every single year, it's a problem. Do you know what I mean? It's it's just a problem. I can't I can't deal. So you didn't think Liverpool was going to win this year? I actually thought was honestly going, Liverpool was going to win anyway. That team was over. I thought Liverpool could have a season like every other dominant team that came out of nowhere, and I thought that they there is a chance that they could lose. I thought there is a chance that they could lose because I really did think that Man City's uh, team was really good. I thought that um, um, what's it called? I actually thought that for some I don't know why, but I thought that Bad United was gonna somehow have a turnaround season. United. I thought United was gonna have a turnaround season. I don't don't ask me why. I had a feeling, and I also thought that Tottenham was gonna be really good because of Jose Mourinho. I thought that Jose Mourinho no, no. partnership with uh, uh, Harry Kane was gonna do something some something that was gonna light a match. I thought that one of those three teams could compete. I thought I knew Liverpool was going to be really good, and obviously they were going to be in the race. But you know, Man City's always a threat. No, Man Jose, City's always a threat. Jose Mourinho's style of play doesn't translate to modern day soccer. Yeah, well, you know, I had hope. Soccer. All right, I had hope. <laughs> Even though I really don't like he tried to adjust fan, it, but. but it still doesn't really work. Yeah, no, it doesn't. And now we know. And. He's 
still going to be a coach of some team because <laughs> I would I would love to see Jose Mourinho as an analyst again and because he was entertaining as the analyst. Yeah, he well, was he's always savage. he was yeah he was savage and for the most part he was always right as an analyst. Yeah, he said he he explained why he failed with Manchester United and he said it was because look they're trying to push Rashford Rashford as a striker he's not a striker he's a winger because he's not clinical enough in goal he's not confident enough in goal to be a striker. He explained why um, Pogba didn't work out. He said Pogba is just too arrogant. Yeah, that's actually, you know, and since we're on that topic, and I know we want to talk about the NBA, what do we do with Pogba at this point? Because Pogba went from being... Pogba's good now. Before, after the restart, Manchester United looks like a different team. And that's mostly because of Bruno Fernandes. That one player literally changed that whole team. True. But what I'm saying is like, what Paul's what, like... 20 what is he 20 mid-20s by now he's like 28 something like that i think he's age. getting up there yeah he's I, feel, about, I think he's like 20 like i'm 27 he's like like about my age yeah my thing is is like if i'm pogba right you're uh you're like how many trophies does this man have i'm actually kind of curious a lot he, with juventus a lot with juventus right did he win did did juventus win champions league when he was there no no they didn't okay but he well, also had someone manchester united when he wasn't playing for when he was playing for the reserves, yeah, if you count that. All I'm saying is that Pogba, Pogba, to me, is insanely talented. He's one of the most talented midfielders in the world, and he's been wasted at Man U, absolutely wasted. So if I'm him, why not just go? Why not just leave? Why not ask to be transferred? You know what I mean? Because uh, he's he, being wasted. He, he's already asked to be transferred. They just didn't honor his request. But now he's happy because they're winning and he feels like the team atmosphere is good. Are they winning, though? <laughs> oh, uh, they were, at least last I checked, they were in Champions League qualification. No, they are. They're, no, it's Man U. I think it's uh, City United and Chelsea, I think. Yeah. Which is also kind of crazy that Chelsea is still good, even without Hazard, which is kind of crazy. But... Hey, that team, honestly, Lampard doesn't get enough credit. That, no, Lampard should get all the credit in the world. I think he is one of the best managers in the world, yeah. if not if not, if not, not the best, in my opinion. And he's implemented all the young players, because, of course, they had a transfer ban, so they couldn't really get anybody new, but he's implemented all the young players together. Mm-hmm. Um, this might be a team, Chelsea might be a team next year that could be number one just because they're adding Zayec, they're adding Werner, they could get Kai Havertz. Werner, ooh, yeah, they, they, that's gonna they, that's that's, al- that's already yeah, it's already confirmed. Timo, get Timo Werner, Timo, and, and guess where Timo and guess where Timo Werner and Kai Havertz are from? The Bundesliga. Uh, shut up. The Bundesliga. <laughs> I didn't even no. mention Leipzig. Leipzig is a super entertaining team, and Leipzig was actually uh, actually coming close to that first yeah that first seating against Bayern. They were actually coming close, at least in the beginning. But then Bayern, once they got their new manager, they kind of took a stronghold over that first uh, place trophy. But Leipzig was better than Dortmund, I believe. Mm. I mean, I like that team. I yeah. really, I really like that team. That team is so fun to watch, and they and they were making some noise in the championship. No, not the no, no. I'm talking about Chelsea. No, the you know, we, you know what I'm talking about. Bundesliga can you know kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> 
believe. I believe Leipzig is still in the Champions League. Leipzig is a dangerous team. You think Leipzig is going to be a dangerous team in the Champions League? If they are still on, I got come on. I think Leipzig is still in the Champions League, but Leipzig. Well, yeah, Leipzig is still in Champions League, but they don't have Timo Werner anymore because Timo Werner said he's not playing for them anymore. Come on, my guy. Even though they could still play for them if he wanted to, but he's not because he's already transferred. So now, sure. because now because he's not playing for them, mm-hmm. they're not going to be dangerous. Yeah, very true. Hmm. All right. They anyway, were, they would have been dangerous with Timo Werner. Just saying that they would have been dangerous with Timo Werner. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? But he's going to Chelsea. But guess and it's what? over. And that team is a that team is dangerous. You know how good uh, uh, Mr. Lampard is. Do you know how good this man is? I'm gonna tell you how good he is. He made a American player relevant in world soccer. <laughs> I don't think he even made him relevant. I think Christian Pulisic was always good. And honestly, I think, for one thing, Lampard is holding him back because Lampard does not play him. He'll, he'll bring him in as a sub. And then he, Pulisic will get a goal and assist. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's who... That, I think that's a smart way to play him, especially as of right now. I mean, he's 21 years old. To be honest, I really don't know how great Pulisic can be. Because to me, he's the most talented American player ever, ever, and I don't think it's close. Um, Ooh, I don't know about that. I, I think okay. it's early to say yeah. that because you got Clint Dempsey. All right, Clint all right. Dempsey this will be the last topic before we talk about the M- M- uh, before we talk about the NBA. All right, this will be the last. Hey, topic. this is like the first time in the podcast I actually talk about soccer. So hey, I'm all true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, American soccer players are overrated to no end. Always, always. No, they're insanely overrated, whether it's Landon Donovan, whether it's Clint Dempsey, or whether oh, it's Tim I, Howard. I didn't say Landon Donovan. I said Clint, Dem- Clint Dempsey. I, I said Clint Dempsey. I said Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, and Tim Howard. All, all three of those guys and Michael. Oh, I'm saying Pulisic easily has potentially the most talented American ever. But I think he is the most talented. He's he is the most like, too early. No, early in, terms of, in terms of raw talent at the age of 21. Oh, raw the talent, projection, yeah. But yeah, raw talent, it's no question. It's no question that it's Pulisic, and he's only 21 years old. But then you also got to make a mention right now, because honestly, Americans, in terms of talent, they're better than ever. Weston McKinney from Schalke, he's also really good as well in terms of raw talent. Yeah, what's our goalkeeper's name? Uh, Zach Steffen? Yeah, is that Zach, his name? Oh, Zach Steffen's a beast. Zach, Zach, Zach Steffen is amazing. Yeah, he's Zach, better than Tim Howard, in my opinion. <laughs> I remember when uh, Atlanta United, during Atlanta United's first year, went against Zach Steffen in the MLS. Mm-hmm. It was against the playoffs. I think it was playing for Philadelphia, if I remember. But they could not do anything against Zach Steffen. Yeah, I mean, listen, I love me some Zach Steffen. Zach Steffen is just, I think it's mostly his reaction. Like, his reactions are crazy. Oh, like, yeah. I don't understand. His size, reaction, yeah, they're, they're wild. Yeah, but the team the team is really good. Like the team is like we we do have a very solid team, but the sad thing is is that we're going to lose to, you know, what's a really bad team? <laughs> Any bad team that you could possibly think of. The Bahamas? Nah, Trinidad is worse, I think. Yeah, Trinidad is worse. Yeah, we're going to lose to Trinidad, we're going to lose to the Bahamas. Shoot, we're probably going to lose to like Hawaii we'll when they decide to leave. We'll probably yeah, we'll probably be Canada. But we, we, we'll I bet teams. you we lose to Canada. We'll, we'll be teams that we shouldn't beat, but we'll lose the team. And why am I saying we? I'm Nigerian. I don't claim America for for, for soccer. But How dare you? They they lose teams to. Oh yeah, they Nigerian. shouldn't lose to. Yeah, you're Nigerian. You're probably rooting for a Wobi. 
Well, who else do you have? I don't even know who else. Victor Osman. Have you heard of Victor Osman? He I'm is even... our savior. Okay. He All just right. got signed by Napoli. He played for he played for um Leo. Leo right. in the in the French league and he was one of the top scorers. Oh, okay. I'm, uh, he I'll was essentially the Nicolas Pepe replacement for Leo. Mm. Victor Osman is a beast. Okay. Remember that name. Remember, All right, Victor, a, Victor Osman. He might be in the Premier League by 25. He's 21 right now. Oh, he's 21? Yeah, he's 21. He's already scoring like 20 goals a season. Mm. Watch out for him. All right, I'll watch out, I'll watch out yeah. for him. I realize that the United States men's soccer team is really, really, really young. Because who's our, who's our striker? What's his name? The, the ginger guy? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. He plays for Wendell Bremen. I forgot his name. Oh, yeah. He plays... Uh, he plays for Winterbred. I'm going to say it's like a lot, a lot of players, or something. Yeah, it is Sergeant. Zach Sargent. A lot of players A lot of players that are in America play for the Bundesliga. Or at least started mm. in the Bundesliga. Because the Bundesliga gives young players uh, playing time. Yeah, Stefan's playing also, in the Bundesliga too, isn't he? Yeah. Why, why, why also, yeah, and I think he's on loan from Manchester City. But this mm. is why the Bundesliga is also fun to watch. There's just a lot of young talent. You True. have uh, a lot of young talent to get demolished by Bayern Munich. <laughs> I mean, true, true. But once they become good enough, they can play for Bayern Munich. That's usually true. what happens. True. But uh, there's also this other talent who's a former. Oh, Timothy Weah. Timothy Weah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, that's a what's his name? George Weah's kid, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he plays for. Well, actually, play, he plays for the French league. Well, also another league that gives. Young Americans' chances as well. Yep. Yeah. He also um, played for Leo as well. But he's been hurt for most of that season. So maybe he'll be the starting Wait, when did he leave? I thought he was playing in uh, PSG. Oh, he. I think he left like this past like this past season he left. Like, I think that's his first year. Is he on loan or something? No, no. They bought him. Leo bought him. Smart move. Yeah, but the thing is with Weah is that he was hurt. For most of that season, so Osman was the starting striker. But now, since Osman left, he might be the starting striker for this coming season. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm dual. I'm dual citizen. I'm born in America, but I'm only, <laughs> I only claim America when it's convenient. For soccer, it's not convenient, so I am Nigerian, a proud Nigerian. That's for basketball, right. I'll probably claim America. Well, you better claim America because <laughs> we we get a roof on Nigeria's uh, uh, basketball team. <laughs> Hey, they got Al Farouk Aminu. Let's put some. Did you really just Al- say that with the, with an honest? <laughs> Let's put some respect. On <laughs> Did Al- you really just say that? Did you really just say that out loud that we have Al Farouk Aminu as like a savior for our Nigerian basketball team? Come on, my guy. Hey, let's put some respect on Al Farouk Aminu's name, but also a name that prob- <laughs> that wants respect as well is Ariel Powers, because also a fellow Nigerian American, Andre Igadala. Did not put respect on her name when he said number twenty three from the Mystics is nice. First of all, this is this is um um God Alpha <laughs> I'm so upset that you said Alpha Rukavino, mean, if I'm being honest. I'm hey. so upset. He's and also player. and also when before you can say that first of all, you're not even the best team in Africa. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and you know. Wait, who who's the best team in Africa? Didn't y'all lose uh, the last championship? Didn't y'all um, lose? Probably, but still. Yeah, yeah. No, you have to win the you have to win the title in order to be named the best team in Africa. I think I don't even know who won. I think it was Senegal. 
Oh well, yeah. It was either Senegal. It was Senegal or like. No, it was a weird one. What's a weird? What's a weird team? It's a weird team. I want to say like Tanzania or something. Oh no, no, it could be Senegal. Because think of the talent that they have on their team. Senegal. Senegal's got some talent, man. Senegal's got some talent, especially some young talent too. I mean, where does Pascal Siakam play? Pascal. Ooh, that's a great question. I have no idea. Is it? Hold up, hold up. It's not Senegal. I know it's, that for a fact. Yeah, it's not Senegal. It's Cameroon. Cameroon probably won. Yeah, Cameroon probably won. He's Cameroonian. Oh, yeah, then I can believe that. I can believe that. Because then you got Embiid as well. Wait, they have both of them? Yeah, Embiid's from Cameroon. So they got Siakam and I don't know Joel Embiid? Embiid actually plays for this national team, but he's Cameroonian. I don't think he's ever played for a national team. If he, if, bro, yeah, that that would be a powerhouse. That would be a powerhouse I'm team. Saying, that's what I'm saying. If there's that would be a powerhouse team. If there's any African <laughs> team that will probably win, it is Cameroon. If oh my goodness, plays for that. Oh my goodness, I can't even imagine that. All right. Anyway, the NBA is back though. Yeah, the NBA is finally back. Now yeah. we don't have to watch soccer anymore, and it's and it's absolutely phenomenal. Now we get to see hey. uh, Giannis and Jason Tatum put don't, up what two points? Don't <laughs> slander for the- soccer, <laughs> but I also had a I also had a nice segue. I just wanted you to answer that segue. I was, I was trying okay. to like use that perfect segue. All right, what's the what's the segue? The segue was the Ariel Powers thing. So how do you oh, okay. feel about Ariel Powers? Do you feel like she was disrespected because Andre Iguodala? Said number twenty three from the Mystics is All right. nice. All right, let's let's start here. Let's yeah. start here. Okay, one as as one of like the tw- ten thousand people that actually watch WNBA basketball like on a consistent level, I feel like I'm allowed to say this. Ariel Powers, sit down, sit down. There's no reason why you should be disrespected by that. In my opinion, number twenty three is going off. He paid you a compliment and you took it as an insult. Okay, so he paid you a compliment, and then you immediately just like get offended. Like, what's going on? Okay, like, so what are you doing? List, for the listeners, I'm just going to elaborate on the full story. So, yep. So Andre Iguodala said number 23 for the Mystics is nice. Ariel Powers responded, "Put some respect on my name, or keep this tweet to yourself." Andre Iguodala responded with no manners, and then Ariel Powers also responded, "Is we deal with disrespect on a daily." So for someone like you at Andre to tweet that off the same device who could have looked me up is unacceptable. Mind you, commented, well, it said commentator, but I assume said commented, oh, yes, commentator said my name. Yeah, commentator said my name on TV. It would have been would have been the same if I was a guy. Look at the pick. I didn't forget. Oh, my God. I said what I said. Shut up. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, yeah, and she also posted the link to an article where NBA star Andre Iguodala said, quote, I don't want my daughter playing basketball and becoming a lesbian, which is... Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, buddy. Okay. 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 All right. Let's let's get three things. All right. Three things. All right. One, Iguodala. Yeah. You might have to take a backseat on this one. (laughs) You might have to take a backseat. But two, I mean, listen, I don't know what it is, but I I feel like when it comes to cert, like, I don't know what, I don't know what it is about this whole, like, when somebody says something in like towards women's sports like they get really mad about it you know what i mean they get like really upset i feel like this tweet was not 
something for you to just be like, put some respect on my name, blah, blah, blah. That should have been like, all right, you're going to know my name from here on out. You could have said something like way less aggressive. You know what I, I mean? I can see that. I can see that. But like, like you should know that nobody like the fact that Igadala is watching the WNBA should be a win. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, the- oh, I'll <laughs> say that. Cause look, why, why? Cause the NBA and WNBA, they are a group. They're supposed to stick together. They're supposed to build each other up. Okay, and until NBA is supposed to build the WNBA up until they, be built up. they get a so, salary that matches that. No, they're not a family. But until they know, get it, you know, <laughs> until until the numbers speak for themselves. No, like they're the not. NBA they're not in the same league. It's the not NBA, the same thing. The NBA players can help WNBA players' salary by getting them more recognized. I no, I'm, I'm no, with the, the W. The the NBA can't do anything about it because even if if LeBron James, which I'm pretty sure he's came out and said said, hey, I think everybody out there should watch the WNBA. The WNBA is lit. WNBA ratings would not shoot up after that. There's nothing that they can do. The WNBA as a league has to change to make it more entertaining for oh, a wider audience. LeBron James hasn't said something like that. Well, at least he hasn't said something that they they need to. Be- so she should be going after LeBron James for not saying anything rather than Andre Iguodala for saying James that all this man is going to off. It, to say it, but it would help. Because LeBron yeah. James said that all of a sudden you go, watch the TV deal, get the WNBA. So. So, the, like, let's say if WNBA was on NBC or, or Fox or something, or even ESPN. If it was yeah. on ESPN regularly, not ESPN2, the main ESPN. More people would watch it. But, no, it's on W. I mean, it's on NBA TV. All right. Everybody has, or not everybody just thinks, like, oh, let me just watch NBA TV for a live basketball game. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. I'll give you that. But also, on the flip side of this, to play my own devil's advocate, they have the names on the back of the jerseys, don't they? Or maybe she has a, maybe she has a uh, one of those. What do you call it? Um, I'm not political sure messages. If, yeah, political I'm not sure messages. If she has her, her name on the back or a political message. But. Yeah, if it had a political message, then I'll be like, all right, I get it. Um, I don't think it's that big of a deal, to be honest with you. Like, I don't understand why she is upset about it. She needs to sit somewhere and like really think. Is this the way that I want to get recognition for my league? Is that if somebody says number 23, I'm just going to get immediately pissed at him? To be just like, like, I feel like if this, the roles were switched around, if an NBA basketball player said something like that, like to a WNBA, if a WNBA player said like, oh, number 28 for the Heat is going off and Nick Dallas like responded like this, like everybody would be thoroughly upset. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd be like, what are you talking about? You know I saw your number. <laughs> you know what I'm reading? <laughs> hmm. So there's this, uh, so when, so one of the commenters on Ariel Powers Twitter posted this. When Jamal Adams tweeted, number nine, I like how you play football, my guy. And then Kenneth Murray, who was number nine, who was number nine, uh, I guess this was college football. Yeah, college mm-hmm. dude, number nine. He said, appreciate that, bro. <laughs> See what I mean? See what I mean? You see what I mean? Like, it's no, like, he paid you a compliment. A compliment. A compliment. Like, and it's not like she's a a giant name either. That's what also bugs me about this. It's not like, like, she, well, if she, since she does play for the Mystics, uh, she won a championship last year, I, I suppose. I think she was played for the Mystics last year. So, you know, you're a champion. You're not an all-star. I don't know if she's ever averaged more than like 12 points a game, like ever in her career. Like, 
like it's not like it, i don't know i think that this is blown way out of proportion you in know, my personal let's, opinion let's see that with aerial powers let's see how much has she averaged i guarantee you she's never averaged more than 12 points a game Basketball i guarantee it reference.com let's see excluding her time at michigan state shout out to shout out to my msu boys shout out to Monty bates who said that he's going to MSU? Which hopefully, you know, the, the NBA uh, says all, that. All right, when he becomes a senior, then he try, then he decides to go to the no, G League. Don't say no, anything. no. He said he said that he's going to Michigan State. I mean, you can say it, but uh, that's true. But don't happen? no, don't put that in the air, dude. Don't put that. No, he said that he wants to play for Coach Israel. Don't put that in the air. Come on, he committed. He committed like like last month. <laughs> <laughs> like let yeah, us bask in this. Kyrie Irving said he was going to be a Celtic for the rest of his career. So you know what? That's just so rude. That's so rude. How dare you? But yes, how you, dare you? You are right, with the exception of right now. Um, since the well, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the restart is what three games in, three or yeah, four three, games you're in. You're right, three games. Yeah, she has an average more than eleven point four points per game. What does she have her engine right now? Um, she's averaging seventeen point three right now. Okay, games. but she just scored twenty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Calm down. <laughs> yeah, let's keep let's keep I, this up. Let's keep this up for the rest of the year. But then you we'll, know what? We'll talk. To her credit, I guess yeah. If she was Alina Della Don and Andre Godala said it. That's disrespect. Yeah, yeah. No, that's disrespect. That's if disrespect. Was, if Maya Moore was still playing and that was Maya Moore doing that, that would be disrespect. If it was Maya Moore, if it was Della Don, if it was Candace Parker, Sue Bird, Stewie, any of those, any of those athletes, uh, yeah, it would be straight up disrespect. I, honestly, even if it was, um, what's her name, Sabrina, what's her name? I don't know. I have no idea how to pronounce her last name. Ayahuasca. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the new, the number one pick in the draft. The, oh yeah, the yeah, yeah. Oh oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, if even if it was her and it was like number five for the uh wherever she plays, I think she plays in like New York or something. Like number five for New York is going yeah, off right now. Like that would be like that would be like a little bit of disrespect. But for for powers, like come on, man, come on, <laughs> come on. Like let's be let's be really honest. Let's be really honest about what we're talking about here because I guarantee you, if you would have said that about uh Jackie Young who plays for the Aces. <laughs> Like nothing would have happened. She would have been like, "Oh my God, thanks, Andrea Godala tweeted tweeted at me." Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm upset. I'm upset. I guess um, I'm saying too. Ariel Powers' credit is that the, yeah, the NBA and WNBA are a brotherhood. You're supposed NBA players. Honestly, I feel like it's their obligation to build up the WNBA sisters. They should build them up. So if if Andre Godal is not taking it seriously, just saying number twenty three, how are we the fans supposed to be like, oh, let me watch that when even Andre Godal well, doesn't even know? All right, know how about this? How about this? Rather than just seeing a tweet like, oh my god, Ariel Powers is going off, wouldn't you rather be like, oh my god, number twenty three uh, for the Mystics is going off right now? I'll probably be like, and that, then but I'm not would you Google player. search that? But wouldn't you Google search that like immediately, and then you would be like, oh, Ariel Powers, oh my god, okay, uh, who is this Ariel Powers? Let me actually, go see what she's doing. Wouldn't actually, you tune in immediately? Actually, no, I probably wouldn't Google search that. I probably would just watch a game, just like, okay, it's going on. WNBA is going on. Let me watch the game. Okay, that's fair. But I mean. Probably wouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, uh, right, to know. your credit, I think Ariel Powers is out of line because it's not that she's a. Uh, just because it's not that she's out of line. It's just like it's just like why are you mad? Maybe, like why are you maybe, upset? Yeah, wrong choice of words. But like I'm saying, if she was a uh, like more reputable player, 
then I'll probably get mad about that. But like, yeah. Yeah, it's like she hasn't done anything. That'd be like, that'd be like, um, who hasn't done anything in the league? Uh, like Brandon Jennings. <laughs> That's the only name no, I can come no, up with. Not no, it's not, I know. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's say um, like uh, Shabazz Napier or something like that. Nah, it's not Shabazz. I'm trying to think. Uh, Christian Wood, perfect example. Perfect oh, example. Oh, no, Christian Wood is balling recently. He's been averaging yeah. 19 a game. Yeah, but exactly. Like recently. Like recently. He hasn't done anything and nobody really knows who okay. he is because he plays for Detroit. If somebody was just if somebody in the WNBA like, oh my God, number 33 for the Detroit Pistons is going off right now, and Christian Wood came at him like this, you know what I'm saying? Like you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Look what's happening right now. Okay, well uh, well Christian Christian Wood has been averaging about that for a minute now. So if you just go one random game like, oh my god, Christian Wood is or yeah, this guy's scoring thirty points. I'm like, bro, have you have you been watching this season? I've been doing this. Yeah, I know, man. Did uh, by the way, I also want to point this out. I do not think that Christian Wood is out here averaging <laughs> averaging uh uh eighteen points a game. I don't think he averaged eighteen points a game. He had like season. a per minute stats where he was averaging like fifteen points a game, like 25, 26 minutes. Yeah, I'm talking about in real life. I think he's only averaging like thirteen points a game. Oh no, he's like he's really good. good. Like no, I know that. Mm. Yeah, thirteen. Well, thirteen points a game in twenty-one minutes. But yeah, if you put the per minute stats, it was like yeah. If you like put 20. a per minute, yeah, I'm not talking about per minute stats. I'm not, since, I know that. I know that advanced analytics love this man, and he's really good. And I hope ever, he ever since uh, Drummond got traded, he's been averaging over twenty a game. Oh, and, that's actually that's actually pretty good. Yeah. So ever since Drummond got traded. And it's going to be funny when, <laughs> as soon as Detroit finds somebody who can actually give him a little bit of hope, he's going to leave immediately. <laughs> oh, it's he's about happen. to bounce. It's yeah, going to bounce. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's Detroit. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is not this is not the Detroit of 2006 anymore. No. It's going to happen. No. No. Anyway, you know, we got super off track. NBA basketball. <laughs> NBA basketball is back. How do you feel? The way the game started out, I loved it. It was like both games were decided by two points. So, yo, uh, it made me so happy that NBA is back. Yeah, Clippers and Lakers. You had you had Utah Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans. Both games started off. Both games were close. Both yeah, games were going either way. Oh. By the way, um, how great is it that Rudy Gobert was kind of like the savior of the Utah Jazz in that game? You couldn't write a better story. <laughs> you couldn't write a better script. Defense, it's so great. Defensively, he got the foul and won. You couldn't write a better story than that. You it was so amazing. With Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, you thought these guys were never going to get along again. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened, but it was so great. I was just like, wow, Rudy Gobert is actually saving this team against the Pelicans who are fighting for a playoff spot. Like, it was what, great. What it was if, great. even though I think this will never happen, mm-hmm. what if Gobert can lead the Utah Jazz to a championship? You yeah, can't you, write a better story. That would be come the on, most come ironic. On. Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean it's, it's not First of happen. all. If the Utah Jazz, if the Utah Jazz somehow find a way to get to the Western Conference Finals, which, to be honest with you, I could see the Jazz sparking something. I could see that if Bogdanovich um, is back. If Bogdanovich is back. If um, um, 
if Mike Conley could kind of do what he was doing. Oh, that's why I said that Bogdanovich is back, so Mike Conley could go back to the bench. Yeah. Oh, so he can go back to the bench. Mike Conley was good. Mike Conley was good, though. Not for not for the Jazz. He doesn't fit on that team. Not no, for I'm Conley. saying for the for, for that game. That game, the Pelicans game, he was good. He was good. In, like, he was good. He was yeah, good. I think he had like I think he was like twenty. I think he had like twenty four and like three or something like that. You notice when Conley is good, Mitchell is bad. When Mitchell is good, Conley is bad. And Mitchell was bad until like Mitchell was. Until, yeah, I was about to say Mitchell. Mitchell was uh, Mitchell was great in the end of the game, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he finished like twenty five and five or something like that. And um, I don't know. I think he was. I thought he. I thought uh, Conley was. I thought Conley was good. I thought that Donovan Mitchell did what he was supposed to do, which is... You just got to figure out how to implement Conley and Mitchell in the same lineup. If not, you're going to have to put, give Conley, make Conley a backup and then just put Conley in when Mitchell is out. Yeah, Conley just needs to... Conley's out. Yeah, Conley just needs to figure out how to be more of a a guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands constantly. That's the problem, because in the Grizzlies... He always had the ball in his hands because they had they rarely had any. They need well, they need yeah, well, they needed they needed him to yeah. They he needs to defer to Mitchell a little bit more, but also to be fair, I think that if they figure out how to share share the share the wealth a little bit, I think that it can actually be a really good part partnership. To because Donovan Mitchell is an excellent passer. He's excellent. He's an excellent distributor. And I think that if they can, ha- if they have two of those guys, and then you have Bogdanovich, and then Joe Ingles, and then you have Rudy Gobert, I think that that's a really balanced team. I think like, that team is yeah. really balanced. Like you said, Donovan Mitchell is an excellent passer, which is why Donovan Mitchell should be the starting point guard. I think honestly, in the long run, point guard is Donovan Mitchell's position. Mm, I don't know. He see, he's so Dwayne Wade. <laughs> he's so Dwayne Wade. I don't think he's a point guard. I don't think. Is, I, I, I don't think he has a ball handling skills to be a point guard oh, full no, time. No, no, Donovan Mitchell definitely has a ball handling skills. If Dwayne Wade was in today's NBA, at least if he was building up in today's NBA, I think he would have been a point guard too. Because to run a point guard full time though? Just, but the thing is, point guards are not really... Point guards are usually like your best scorers now. They're usually like your best shot creators. Unless you're... Unless you're Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, but even then, it's still guys that... Like have the ball in their hands. Don't necessarily have to be your shortest players anymore. I don't know. And see, and even Ben Simmons is not working out at point guard. Here's the thing. That power forward. Now. Here, here's also my thing. Right, the Jazz were good. Like, let's not say that the Jazz weren't good. The Jazz weren't. Um, I think that the, we were expecting like the Jazz to be incredible. But let's not sit here and say like the Jazz were not an amazing team because the Jazz were on their way to win 50 games this season. Yeah, but... This they were on their way to be this, really good. This was a team before this season you expected them to win 60 games, not 50. Did we, though? I did. I thought they were well, going to You thought that the Jazz were going to win 60 games with the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Nuggets all in their conference. Good point, but I thought... They were <laughs> I thought they were going to be competitive. I thought they were going to be better than the Nuggets, and I thought they were going to be up there with the Lakers. I, I did not. I did not think that they were going to be better than the Nuggets. I did not think that they were going to be. The Nuggets are the Nuggets are one of the best built teams in the league. Because the one of like the balanced teams I've ever seen. Because because they're the best drafted team in the NBA. Also, by the way, the Nuggets are playing right now. I think. Yeah, they probably. Yeah, yeah. Because got a one o'clock game going on right now. This podcast is being recorded Saturday at one o'clock, August first. So if we are kind of behind, if you're listening to it, just letting you know. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, the Nuggets are the best drafted team. Like all their players they have, except for the, the exception of Paul Millsap that plays a big role, they draft. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you just look at the team. The team is really well balanced. I mean, you got Jokic, you got who as your main centerpiece, and then you have Jamal Murray, who to me is like one of the best non-star point guards in the league, if that makes sense. Like a guy who really doesn't need the ball in his hands to be super effective. Yeah, because Jamal Murray is essentially a shooting guard, but with Jokic, he yeah. can play point guard. And then you have Gary Harris, who is, again, pretty much the exact same thing. A guy who is just really reliable. Like, everything runs through Jokic, and the team was and built around defense. Jokic, which is really smart. And now they added Bull Bull, who I said— He's, he's a 7'2 small forward. It's ridiculous. Like, I, I, how is I'm so good? I'm so upset that the Spurs didn't draft him. I'm so pissed. We I'm, passed I'm on him so, three separate how, times. How did he fall to the second round? I don't know. I I really thought when he fell as low as he did and he went to the Nuggets, I, I literally, when he got drafted by the Nuggets, my first reaction was, oh, fuck. God damn it. Back to back. Back to back drafts are going to do this. This is crazy. This is but I really did think. Weak draft outside of the top three picks. How did yeah, he fall to the second round? I don't know. I have no clue. I really did think that. I don't know what was going on, like what they were thinking, but. I also will say this. I did think that maybe he was going to have a similar thing to Michael Porter Jr. Because I still don't know how good Michael Porter Jr. is because I don't really oh, trust that back. He just he just hurt. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I don't really right. trust that back. That's the and, thing. And, and maybe Bull Bull was going to be the same thing with his foot. That's why I thought. Because I'm like, he, there's no way that he should have fell to the second round second unless those round, medicals were really he, bad. Second Second round. There, there are guys who never heard of that get drafted at the end of the first round. We can't take a chance at the end of the first round. I, I know, I, I know what you're saying, but what I'm saying is like the medicals must have been really bad for him to fall that low. It must have been really bad. They must have been like, yeah, he might not play ever again, <laughs> like type of thing. Because you're right, the draft was not. Actually, I will say this: this draft surprised me. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's, that's usually what happens with with weak drafts. I'm using that with air quotes with weak drafts. That's usually what happens. You have a lot of guys that just fall under the radar. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, like this draft, like this draft. I think this is probably this upcoming draft, 2020, is going to be the weakest draft we've seen in a while. And also, that could be attributed to the fact that because of coronavirus. There's no, there's, no, I think that that the. Like who? Who's at the top? You have Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, and Wiseman, right? Toppin. And, Wise- and Toppin. Well, Wiseman's probably going to fall. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just don't see any. I don't see any. Like in every draft, I could see an All Star maybe popping up. In this, I really don't. Because I don't. I don't. I think Lamelo is overrated. I think he has the potential to be really, really, really great. But I don't trust that jump shot at all, and he loves to take those jump shots. And he's, he's a be- terrible shooter. No, I think he's he's a lot more disciplined now than what we've seen of him when he was in Chino Hills. He's a lot more disciplined. No, I mean he's a terrible shooter now. Like, did you did you see him play? But like, he's a terrible shooter. He's more of a pass first guy now. He's he plays more like his brother now, and I think he's better than his brother. Or he will be better. Than no, his he's brother. better than his brother. He's definitely better than his brother. But I don't know. And then Wiseman, I don't think that uh, Wiseman does remind me a lot. Everybody probably has said this before. He reminds me a lot. Of, he reminds me of Oladipo, but I think that he's like a Are we talking a below par. Edwards? Yeah, Edwards. Yeah, Edwards is like a subpar Oladipo. I don't think he's nearly as good of a defender. Why, why you say that? Why do I say he's like Oladipo? Or why do I say he's Oladipo? He's not good as good defensively. 
He's not as good defensively as Oladipo. Oladipo is all NBA worthy when healthy, uh, defense wise. I don't think I think offensively they, their games are similar, um, especially now that Oladipo is a much better shooter than we thought he was going to be. But I just don't think I think Edwards is at, as good of an athlete. But that but besides that, I mean, I don't really see him as a guy who's going to step up and be an all star. I don't see it. You know, when you can see guys and you're like, that guy has all star has I think Anthony Edwards has all-star potential, but I think that if he does get to all-star level, like, that's it. I don't see all-NBA or anything of the sort. I don't don't see all-NBA. I see, like, possibly a guy who could be your second-best player on the championship team. Uh, No, 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 no. Second-best player on the championship team is all-NBA. That is all NBA. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Especially well, in today's market. Or borderline super. I could see him being like Chris Middleton level, like borderline superstar. I, can't, the, I don't even cut. see that. I not don't see that. He, not saying he plays like Chris Middleton. I do say he plays like Oladipo. I think he's more athletic than Oladipo. He's stronger. Than, he's stronger. He's than Oladipo. stronger than he's stronger than Oladipo. He, he's built for sure. like a football player. Yeah, I'll I, I say. Yeah, you can give ath- athletically, but I mean. I, I say we can't really judge his defense because he was playing for a UGA team that was bare bones. All exactly, but that's my thing. You're playing for a UGA team. I should be able to see everything. We and that's what we see with all of these guys, when, like when, when with Jalen Green when, going to the you're with double teams and you're getting triple teamed. Like who? Like but defensively, defensively, I should be able to see be, what you are, regardless regardless of where you play. Defensively, when I see you play, I know exactly who no, you are. No, because he's putting so much of an offensive burden on himself that he's not focusing as much in the defense. I hate that argument. It's, I hate that argument. It's different. Play defense. We can use the Isaac Okoro example, and uh, Isaac Okoro. I mean, he went to my high school, and I like I know it. I know his family i know his brother so i i know isaac okoro but isaac okoro has been playing for winning teams so he's able to show his defensive side and he's a great defender but he's able to show his defensive side because they're not asking him to take on the scoring burden the difference with anthony edwards is uga is asking him to take everything so he can't really devote as much to the defensive side play some defense Period. Play some defense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Either play defense or don't go to Georgia. He want he wanted to stay close to home. He wanted to stay. Well, close then to home. play defense. <laughs> play some defense. It's that simple. It's that simple. Well, then then UGA's coaching is trash. It's one of the one of the three. One of the three has to go. Either the coaching is trash. Don't go to UGA, or he's not a good defender. It's one of the three. Because you can't ask Anthony Edwards to take all the shots and not play defense. Because he literally like takes he takes plays off, and I cannot stand that. He takes what, plays what, off. What does James Harden do? What does LeBron James do? James Harden is first of all okay. You said LeBron James and James Harden, right? They take plays off on defense as well. Yeah, but is Anthony Edwards out here dropping 30, 40 points a game? No, but he's but is he thing. is he averaging twenty five and ten like LeBron James? He stole. I mean, did he take Georgia <laughs> to? Uh, did he take Georgia anywhere than what we thought they were going to be a mediocre SEC team in basketball? Uh, okay, so Ben Simmons and LSU wasn't there when they're a mediocre Ben SEC Simmons team as well. Ben Simmons and LSU, he took 
Didn't he take? No, he took them to the uh, to the semifinals, and then they lost to they lost to Kentucky. They, they didn't make the tournament. They didn't even play. Yeah, because they lost to Kentucky. If they would have beat Kentucky, they would have made the tournament. Their team was. But, and wait, no, they did make the tournament, didn't they? No, they LSU definitely. They did not make the tournament. You're about to make re- me go no, on my re- computer I, I, and I, look this up. I remember this vividly. Because Ben Simmons just stopped playing after they didn't make the tournament. And he said he wanted to focus on the NBA draft. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah, you're right. Well, for sure, don't go to – well, I will say this when it comes to this Ben Simmons. And you know what? With Georgia, they got – we had corona, so we couldn't see (laughs) what happened in the aftermath. The U.S. had corona, so everything got Oh, my God. This team is horrible. I'm telling you. That's no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the Ben the Ben Simmons team. The Ben Simmons team is and, and, and you know what? Oh UJ goodness. team was horrible as well outside of Anthony Edwards. Look, I say Anthony Edwards is overhyped as well, but I think this guy can at least be a 20 a game scorer. I think he's a so, bubble all star player. Yeah, bubble all star. And that's how I feel about the all everybody in the top three. I think uh Lamello, bubble all star. Anthony Edwards bubble, I say Wiseman has bubble. The highest potential. Yeah, but well, of course. He probably, probably won't reach that, but he has the highest potential. Obi yeah, Toppin my, might, might be the— and I think Obi Toppin is the best player in the draft. Yeah, he might be the best, like, most NBA-rated player in the draft. I might say this. I'm not trying to add bias, but Isaac Okoro as well, just because he could already slot in. Yeah, that's bias. That's bias. If he, go, if he goes to San Antonio, then I'll agree with well, you. No, because <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, even if his offense doesn't develop at all, like, he could automatically slot in as a defender. As a yeah, yeah he, you can so slide him in as a as – a, um, he reminds me of uh, – what's that kid's name from Indiana? Not – ironically, not um, – Not Oladipo. Oh. No. He plays for Toronto. OG. That's what he reminds me of. Same, yeah, similar. Yeah, play. he reminds me of OG and Anobi. Both, and I wouldn't be mad if I get him. And mm-hmm. Okoro is stronger and, it's, and more athletic. Than but both solid defenders. Solid yeah. defenders. Really good, actually. Yeah, with the build, I can see at least an I can see also an Iguodala Warriors version. Where I'm not talking about prime Iguodala. Yeah, I can agree with Iguodala's that. Iguodala's Warrior version, a guy who can handle the ball because I mean, Ikoro was also handling the ball a lot for Auburn as well. Kind of operating some point guard duties. He got a couple assists. He reminds me of that that type of Iguodala, like the Warriors version Iguodala with Iguodala Sixers athleticism. So it could easily be a Sixers Iguodala. I think that would be probably like his high his high point in terms of potential. Like a Sixers Iguodala. Or Jimmy Butler. Or I could say that. If if cause if like same thing with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, no one ever thought he was gonna be this good, but he had the elite work ethic. Um Okoro has that work ethic as well. And I'm not Here, just saying this because of bias, I'm saying that because I've seen him. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Athletically, yeah. Defense wise, yep. He's got the strength. He's got all the. Um, he has the same build, like six, yeah, six two thirty. He, however, here's here's my problem. Horrific three point shooter. He uh, his three point shooting got better right like right. But still, end. regardless, horrific three point yeah, shooter. He's getting better. I'm the same thing with Jimmy. I'm just saying, same thing with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler wasn't a horrific three point shooter. Jimmy Butler was not a horrific three-point shooter. At Chicago, he was. And Leonard did No, he was a bad three-point shooter. Same thing with Leonard. Leonard was a bad no, three-point shooter Leonard who— was horrific. 
It's Leonard didn't mistake. shoot though. Le- Leonard didn't shoot threes in San Antonio. Yeah, Leonard didn't shoot threes. Leonard wasn't a guy who was out there like sitting that's on the three point line but, like he's now like he is now. But guess but what? He worked. Crow is on the three point line. He worked on that. He worked. Yeah. On that. My thing is, is like if you're sitting on the three point line and you're taking multiple threes a game, and you're missing them. You're a horrific three-point shooter. Kawhi is not sitting on the three-point line for San Diego State. He was sitting in the post a lot of the time. He was putting in work from the post. He only really took more threes in the game for Auburn. He took multiple threes a game for Auburn. In high school, he didn't really do that. He'll take the occasional three in high school, but he was just slashing in high school or getting fast breaks in high school because it was more Sharif Cooper's team. And Sharif Cooper is also like, uh, one of the top high school prospects in America that committed to Auburn, but yeah, he was he was mostly tasked with getting fast break points, which he did for the most part in Auburn. But I guess Bruce Pearl wanted him to take more threes. But that's fair. But th- honestly, shooting is the the easiest game to easiest aspect no, in a basketball not. game. No, it's not. That is the that is the most that is the most like I don't like when people say that because. People, people don't just change around and become great shooters all I mean, of a sudden. I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're going to be a light like look at Corver shooter, but no, you don't like you. You can improve shooter. You can improve like five, maybe six percent from three, in my opinion. Like for normal people, like you look at Giannis. Giannis has improved his three point shooting, but he's not like shooting thirty five percent from three, like a like. You know what I mean? He's improved. He's not twenty eight. He's not twenty eight, twenty five percent from three, but he's like thirty two. So he's improved, but he's not going to become this great shooter out of nowhere. Same thing with Ben Simmons. But ben Simmons Jonathan, is not going to become Jonathan this knockdown shooter. A guy that sh- that would not take that at all was absolutely horrible. And we're talking yeah. about horrid three point shooters. That was Giannis. But the fact that yeah, now and now he's like eh. where you at, at least have to guard him. But I'm, what I'm my thing is, what is respectable? What's a respectable percentage-wise? What's what's respectable? What's a respectable percentage? Respectable is thirty-two percent. Cause that just tells me that thirty-two. That's so low. No, I, that just tells me that I can't leave you open. I probably won't have to guard you like completely, but I just can't leave you open. I guess so. I just think that in today's NBA, if I'm gonna get um, if I'm gonna get a, I can't, I can't take an, I can't take a super, I can't take a slasher defensive guy. 32 means that for of every three three point attempts you make, you're gonna make at least one. And to me, that's someone you at least have to guard. Not like someone you have to watch out for the three point line, but you just have to pay attention to. And, and I think that's good enough. If if everything in their aspect of the game is elite like Giannis, that's good enough. Well, I'll say this in in today's NBA, especially like if I'm doing a draft. If I'm doing a draft and you're not a big man. I need you to be able to to knock down threes. Period. Period. Like I need you to be able to. I need you to be. If you Isaac if you can't Okoro, shoot, Isaac Okoro could play the four though. Like the four position. True. Four, the four. The four is like, especially like today. Yeah, he can play the four. But to me, I don't know. Like Isaac Okoro is one of those. Is one of the those cases that um, if you play his career ten times, you're going to get a different result every single time. Because I can 100% see Okoro being being a guy who develops that jump shot, hits like 38% from three, and becomes like a like a like a really solid two way player who can just go and plug into any championship team. I can also see him being a bust, like 100%. I can see Okoro being a bust, like no question. 
uh, honestly, Okoro for me is one of the few, few guys I can see in this draft that at least I know when I draft him, he'll at least play a role. Where if he doesn't develop anything else, he can just be Andre Roberson and play a role playing defense. How long can we have an Andre Roberson in the league, though? Honestly. Yeah, he, he was lasting pretty well with the Thunder before he got hurt. Yeah, but, I mean, even then, they had to take him out during big games. And then, you ha- as, as an organization, you have to think to yourself, how long can I have this guy that I can only play in the first two to three quarters? You play defense at elite level at a verse, but you can't level have as Roberson? You can't play have Andre Roberson in the last five minutes of a game. You can't have him in. You can't have him in because he can't shoot threes. He can't not shoot from the free throw line. You can't. You can't have him in the game. Okoro was a seventy something percent free throw shooter, though. Okay, so you can have him in the game, but I'm saying exactly. Roberson. Exactly. Roberson, you can't. So you. But even. But even. But even Okoro, you really can't. Because if you're just going to have him in on defense, and then literally the uh, the defense is going to look at Okoro and just be like, "All right, we don't really have to guard him that well. We just have to guard whoever else on the team," because he's not a threat from deep. You play. You can play. That's why you. Play. This is why the four spot is now reserved for wing players who can't shoot. You have your Rondé Hollis Jeffersons at the four. You have your Thaddeus Youngs at the four. You have your Harrison Barnes at the Thaddeus four. Thaddeus Young has been playing before, though. To be fair, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you got a yeah. point there. But I mean, yeah. he he was a, just a player that really couldn't shoot threes that consistently. So they always put him at the four. Josh Smith, at least coaches try to force him to play the four. It's reserved for wing players. Also, how uh, Okoro's really um, – he's a really underwhelming rebounder for how big and strong and athletic he is. He's a very underwhelming rebounder. Honestly. Not for, that great of a rebounder. Of course, not really expected to rebound like that too. But, re- but for sure defense. for him in, in Auburn especially, like – I would expect him to be grabbing at least like seven boards a game. But if you factor this in, they had uh, Austin Wiley at center, who was their seven foot big man. True, very true. But and still, I would expect him to. But would you not expect him to average like five, six rebounds a game? Oh, let me. Like he doesn't jump. He doesn't jump off the page as a really great rebounder to me. And if you're gonna plug him in at the four, you gotta you gotta board the basketball. All right, well, let's let's check the stats. Let's just see how many rebounds. Yeah, check this. Check the stats. Check the stats. Let's see how many rebounds Isaac Okoro has got. I feel like it's three. I feel like it's three rebounds Look, a game. I'm not, I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be the person that just because I'm not trying to be the guy who wants to Isaac Okoro to fail. I don't want any of these players to fail. I'm just saying, if I was a GM of a team of a basketball team, would I draft him if I was the San Antonio Spurs? Eh, probably. But actually, look at Austin Wiley. Austin Wiley averaged 9.3 rebounds a game, and then you had Daniel Purifoy. You had big men that was tasked getting rebounds. So he, Isaac Okoro okay. wasn't tasked to get rebounds because he was playing mostly for the perimeter. Once you okay, play we can, mostly we can talk about it. in the interior, then you'll get more rebounds. He had games where he had double doubles. Oh, and I need and to see those. If he, I need play, to see. if he plays more in the interior, he's going to get more blocks too. He might even get more steals. Yeah, he didn't have too many steals as well. But this guy was efficient. Isaac Okoro, right, for someone me, so young, he was actually pretty disciplined in terms of shots. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Right. 
Because as somebody who you seem like you're fighting for Isaac Okoro, yeah, the, you seem I'm like not, you're fighting that, for him. So hang on, let me I'm ask not, you. Let me I'm ask not you. Trying to be the guy that's just because we, I, I like, I know of his family and everything that like I want to. I'm gonna be a guy that's gonna be overly biased. I'm trying not to be. I'm trying to be objective. Uh, and try uh, to all right, so so everything. let's let's put that objectiveness to the test. Would you draft him in the top five? Depends what team I am. Golden State. If I don't have a top three pick, then yes. And I can't. You would draft him number for so like if, I'm trying I, to think. If I don't have a top, if I don't have a top three. So if you're Detroit, I think Detroit's like top top four or top five. I think Detroit's top five. If you're Detroit, would you draft Isaac Okoro? If I'm Detroit, or if you're Atlanta, even I'll even give you I'm, Atlanta. If I'm Atlanta, yes, because I need anybody to play defense around Trey Young. <laughs> yes, that's fair. I need anybody that can play defense. It's the Allen Iverson thing. You have an elite scorer. You just got to surround him with defenders. That's fair. That's fair. I would rather have Precious, in my opinion. But um, Warriors, if I don't have a top three pick and I can't trade it, then, yeah, I'll draft Isaac Okoro. No, if I'm the Warriors, right, and all these people who are like, take Edwards, take LaMelo, take uh, Denny, I'm like, when did we get to the point um, as Warriors people to just be like, yeah, let's not take a big man, which is the obvious glaring hole in this roster. Because big for Golden man, State, because because the position value of big man is decreasing. It is decreasing, but it's not obsolete. High usage big man don't at least like from recent NBA times. High then don't get a high big usage big man. Trade down and get like um the kid from USC then. Who I think is the perfect plug-in piece, and he's the perfect modern day center. He's the perfect modern day center. I, I, I could, yeah, I could see, I could see him. But yeah, I'm saying you don't draft guys like that in the top three. But I would draft, I would draft Wiseman. I wouldn't be mad at drafting Wiseman. But at the same time, it's like the Rockets thing. The Rockets traded Clint Capella because they feel like a big man like him during these times are not worth it. They yeah, but like even plug in right. PJ Tucker at center, or you can a big man to check around, and he'll be your starter. Here's why. Here's why they traded. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Clint Capella. Here's why, in my opinion, they traded. They traded him because he's not effective from the free throw line. He's kind of irrelevant offensively, and he's only used as a rebounding you defensive just center. Like eighty percent of big men in the NBA right now. But James Wiseman isn't that though. Jameis Wiseman is – yeah, he's more of an interior guy. I don't think he shot threes, like, at all, actually, now that I think about it. So he's not really he's not really a shooter. However, solid from the line, can play – he can kind of plug and play, um, I feel like, really well. I don't see him being a guy who needs the ball in his hands constantly. And I feel like if you have a top three pick, especially in this draft, where I think that it's very – it's you got to go with the things that you know. You got to go with the guys who you know are going to do things for you. And I think that Wiseman, you know who he is. He's not going to be an all star guy. He can kind you can kind of use him as a bridge for whoever's going to take over whatever Steph, Steph Curry decides to leave. A center in the top five, I need to draft an all star guy. If I'm drafting a center in the you, top but five, but who? But here's the thing, right? But this is not a good draft. <laughs> this draft is not good. 
there's, there's, there's nobody so coming out of this draft say, who I think is going to be great. My main, my main objective with that pick is to trade it because you need I agree. pieces that can win, that can bring you back to championship contention. So who do you? Tra- but who's going to trade a big name for it? Like, let's say, like, I'll the give Wizards, this to you. Who knows? Let's the say, Wizards probably. But what would they the, get from the Wizards? The who Wizards are they going to get from the Wizards? The, the Wizards are in salary cap hell right now. So who are they going to get from the Wizards? Could be Bradley Beal. Why would they get Bradley Beal? Why? Because Wizards are in salary cap hell. They need to trade. <laughs> the Warriors would be in salary cap hell if they got Bradley Beal. Then you would have Steph Curry, the, the, Wiggins, the, the and Warriors, Clay Thompson, the, and Draymond. The Warriors have a purpose. The Warriors could be in salary cap hell, but it could win a championship. The Wizards with are Bradley Beal and Wiggins and Thompson Look, and Green Wiggins, and Steph Curry. <laughs> Wiggins could be on. That that's just scoring in abundance. That is Wiggins has one of the worst contracts in the league. He does, and <laughs> like you can't, you can't. You, no, no, I no. I'm sorry. Honestly, I like you, I but no, I <laughs> absolutely big, not. I, honestly, I was a big fan of that trade for the Warriors. I wasn't, uh, um, but he, I also I, I actually love that pick for the if, Warriors. If to be honest, any any team that can unlock his full potential, it could be the Warriors. No, I love the pick for the Warriors because. I said it from the get-go. D'Lo is either going to be the greatest thing that ever happened for the Warriors or a terrible thing, like horrible. It was going to be one or the other. It wasn't like going to be a middle ground. I thought like you could have traded him for someone else. I'm just never high on Wiggins. But yeah, Wiggins. I, I thought Wiggins fit perfectly because now Wiggins doesn't have to be the guy, which he had to be in Minnesota because Minnesota is one of the worst-run organizations in the entire NBA. He doesn't have to be the guy. He... All he has to do is kind of just float around when Steph Curry and Klay Thompson comes back, which I think is something that he actually wants. He, but, however, he's overpaid, and he has one of the worst contracts in the league, so you have to kind of um, – he does have to step up defensively, which I don't know. I, I still think he has a lot of defensive potential, even though I don't really know how old Andrew Wiggins is. That's a really he's good question, actually. I believe. Is he 20? Is he that young? Yeah, he's still very young. He came to the NBA at 19. All right, well, if like, – well, 19. If he can step up defensively, I love this pick. If he could step up defensively, because athletically he's there. He has the athleticism to be a good defender or a moderately good defender. And I think Draymond Green and Klay Thompson can teach him some things. And he's a pretty he's an okay three point shooter. Um, he's actually gotten a lot better um, as a three point shooter as as time has gone on. And um, I don't know. I think that this is a good pick. I think that this is a good uh, a, a fine pickup for the Warriors. Because now, when these guys are out, when they get injured, you have a guy who can drop you 20 points a game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thing with Wiggins, I I feel like if they could get Bradley Beal, Wiggins could be a backup, a six-man. He could be the eager dollar role. Or at least athletic guy that could come off the bench. <laughs> this whole Beal conversation, I don't know where you're getting this Beal conversation I'm, from. I'm, I'm that, it's there, you know what they would have to give up to get Bradley Beal? They would have to not only give up that number one pick, but they would have to give up Clay Thompson in order to get oh, Bradley no, no. Beal. They would have to give up Green. They wouldn't give you. They wouldn't give you Bradley Beal for Draymond Green, and I wouldn't give up Draymond Green. Why would you do that? Your defense is immediately because gone. Draymond Green has been falling off. He has been falling off, but at least that little bit of defense that you had, that Draymond Green has, a little bit that he has, got, is you gone. Got, you got players like Eric Pascal that can step up. You got Kevon Looney that can step up. They still have players, <sighs> I don't know how I feel about have players that could fit that defense. Fill that void? Uh, no, yeah. I don't think that. I don't. I don't think. I think Draymond Green is not the guy 
when he's by himself. I think that Draymond Green plays well when he knows that his team is really good. And I think that Draymond Green couldn't get psyched up for the season because Steph Curry and Klay Thompson wasn't there. That's really what I believe, if I'm being 100% truthful with myself. It doesn't even have to be Bradley Beal. It's just a hypothetical. I'm just saying. Bradley Beal is not going to Golden State, dude. Probably, He's not probably, going to no, Golden State. No, probably not. Probably not. It was, it, was, no. it, was, it was just the name I brought up. But yeah, I'm I don't think Bradley Beal is going anywhere with that contract. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where he would go. That would be okay with him. That has the salary uh, room for him. Maybe. It's very difficult. I, it is very yeah. Difficult. It, it, where would he fit? That's the other thing. Like, where would he fit um, in today's market? Like, obviously, LA is a thought. However, I don't think that LA can move, maneuver enough pieces in order to get him. Yeah, you really. Uh, or Milwaukee, maybe. I like Milwaukee. I like that Milwaukee fit actually. But for Milwaukee, who are they going to trade as a back? Yeah, that's the thing. Exactly, that's the thing. Like what? Because Bradley Beal obviously wants to go to a place where he can win, and I don't really know that many places that would be willing to like destroy their roster for for to get Bradley one Beal. Team that could possibly happen, but even I don't see David Griffin doing that. But that's I the think, thing. I Who would you give up for the Pelicans? To, to, what, like, if you're the Pelicans, what do you give up in order to get him? Because you can't trade Lonzo or Zion because that's a pairing that I think that you should not mess with at all. Just let leave the, that alone. Yeah, the Pelicans <laughs> have an embarrassment of riches. You can even trade Nikhil Alexander Walker, who looks like has a lot of potential. Potential, but he could still not work out. <laughs> I think I think Nikhil Alexander Walker is going to be a good player. I think I've yeah. seen enough of him where he's going to be a. A, a decent player in the NBA. Um, I just don't know what position he is. That's my problem with him. He's a, he's I don't know point, what he, he's a point guard. He's a point guard. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> it's that, he because he doesn't look like it. He yeah. doesn't look. He doesn't look comfortable as a point guard to me. He doesn't look comfortable. Honestly, for me, that's been his best position so yeah, far. I don't know. I don't know. This guy yeah. has the ball in his hands for the most part. Uh, God, we're bouncing around. <laughs> say what? I said we're bouncing around. I just realized we we started off talking about all oh, the NBA is back, and now we're talking about the kill Alexander Walker. This whole this whole podcast has been bouncing around so far. It's true. Yeah, it's, it's true. Been, it's been bouncing around so far. Yeah, you know we you know we need to stop when we talk about the kill Alexander Walker. And for me, we're just talking about possible trade pieces for Bradley Beal. For Bradley Beal, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you can yeah, Nikhil. Okay, Holiday, if you if you want to trade Drew Holiday, you know, no, I, no, I love, I love no, Drew Holiday. You can't trade Drew Holiday. I love you Drew, Drew, Drew yeah, Holiday. That, that's the thing. Like I love Drew Holiday, so I might not even want to do that. Drew Holiday is one of the pieces, in my opinion, that you just don't touch because you can tell. Like I don't know what Philly was doing. He is a bubble all star every year. He is a defensive monster Philly, and he's consistent Philly, offensively. Philly didn't, I, Philly didn't use him right. Philly, Philly didn't, didn't use him right, but man, like. That's one of the worst trades ever. <laughs> That's one of the worst trades in the past 10 years. Philly, though, his best position was really shooting guard, not point guard. I know. Philly that used him as a shooting, as a point guard. Philly used him as a point guard. I agree. My thing is, is just like, he's one of the, he's on a really good contract. He is, he's debatably one of the most consistent, like, like bubble all-star players in the league. And he just doesn't get the. All-star. He's a. He all-star. is a bubble all star. No, he, he's a bona fide all star to me. Well, the reason why I call him a bubble all star is because he plays in the West. If he played in the East, he'd be an all star. Okay, but, okay. I was, I was yeah. talking about just caliber of player, but yeah. No, I caliber player. Yeah, yeah, he's an all star caliber player. Yeah, you're you're right. I should use that phrasing. He is an all star caliber player, and I just wouldn't move him for anything if I'm the Pelicans. I wouldn't move him for anything. 
to be honest, because he is he's like if you trade him, I don't know how good the Pelicans are. Okay. To be honest, I okay, don't know so how good you can be. I just pulled up the contracts of the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday makes about twenty six billion per year. It's a good contract. But, but um, now this is a trading piece. But then again, this contract is going to be up, so they can't really trade him. Derek Favors. Yeah. He's on $17 million a year, but his con- this is an expiring contract, so they can't trade him. Wow, he got $17 million a year. Honestly, I feel like he probably could have got Good more for than him. that. He's a center. For Derek Favors. Set, set, <laughs> even, though, even though, like I said, centers' value are decreasing, centers are still getting paid at a premium. At least they were. True. So that's probably why he got that $17 million contract. Oh, you know, what I, contract. you know what I completely forgot before we got derailed off the draft? I just want to point out my favorite my favorite player who I think is going to be really good, and I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves. The one guy, the one guy who I think is going to be really good is the kid from Iowa State, Therese Halberton. Oh, yeah, I, I, think, watched him, I watched him play a couple of times. He definitely looks like I don't know players. what is going on. I don't know what's happening. But it's it's honestly the same thing with Cassius Winston, a similar thing where I don't know what is going on with the league where they don't realize like oh these really great three point college three point shooting guys are not needed like draft those guys, <laughs> especially Therese who's actually not only a really good shooter but he's a oh, phenomenal pa- he's a phenomenal passer too he's oh, like a really underrated too. passer yeah he's great he's phenomenal and I'm like what are we doing you know what is happening. This is this is why I said there's gonna be a lot of sleepers. There's gonna be a lot of sleepers in this draft because of Corona. You can't work these players out <laughs> because of Corona. Terrence Halliburton was probably gonna be one of the players that was gonna shoot up the draft, the, the mock drafts. But because <laughs> that's you can't, fair, you can't really have any post, uh, like yeah, post NCAA workouts. You can't even have any pre-draft workouts or anything. But who's the you know, like? You don't, you don't even have a tournament. The tournament probably would have been Therese Halberton's calling. That probably would have. That's some, that is that's. Oh, I'm trying to think. So this is why we're gonna have so many steals, in the Big so Ten <laughs> unheralded players that are gonna show out. Yeah, I mean that's fair. That's a fair point because I really do like. I don't really. The, the problem is I don't really see that many sleepers. Like the, the my biggest my biggest sleeper that I've been sleeping on. Has been Therese Halberton. There's gonna and, be a lot of and, players uh, we've never heard of, like even ourselves that we haven't heard of. That probably goes. I only have two. I, only, I really only have two. I only have Cassius Winston and Therese Halberton. That's only because I watch Big Ten basketball. That's the only reason why I know who they are. But um, I really just don't know who else. Like I don't know who else. Like because it still seems that college basketball hasn't really transitioned like all the way to playing this new style of basketball. Have you noticed that? Like, they're still like vining yeah. for the for um, like big man who Here, only can do post up moves and can't shoot outside of two feet. Here's the difference because coaches in the NBA, there's a lot of newer, younger coaches. In the NCAA, you still got coaches who've been coaching for at least twenty years. Mm. So that's the difference, and that's why you still have some of these archaic play styles. True, that's very true. So let me ask you, who who do you see as your sleeper? As your sleeper, a guy who doesn't really get mentioned. I'm gonna be honest. Because obviously, Okoro for this uh, oh. draft. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't been watching too much NCAA as I normally do How because I just you? felt, I just felt, no, I just felt this year <laughs> NCAA was pretty, was pretty 
boring. There was no like big. Yeah, it was. It sure was. It yeah, sure was so, boring. Hence why this draft is gonna suck. <laughs> exactly. So it was just like there was just nobody. Like I just couldn't really care. The thing with yeah, the NCAA like I especially to me working a lot. Like I just couldn't really like bring myself to catch an NCAA game. Here, here's any other game. Here's what I'll say. Right, the fact that as a bookie and Peyton Pritchard are going to probably get drafted. Uh, honestly, Ash, period, period. Ashton Hagens might be one of my sleepers because just seeing him as like a late second round pick, I feel like he should be high. Is that the kid? That. Is that the kid from Kentucky? From Kentucky, yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, Marcus Howard is good, but I know his size is a problem. No, um, Ashton Hagens. Yeah, Ashton Higgins was the defensive monster from last year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. And the fact yeah. he's a late second round pick. Now, I feel like he could be one of my sleepers. I like Trey Jones as well. I like Trey Jones. I like me some Trey and Jones. He's a second round. He's projected to be a mid second round pick. Yeah, I don't know what it is about Duke, short Duke point guards that go in the second round, but hey, let's go ahead and bump those guys up, right? Like, what's up with, what's up with that? Have you noticed that? Like, in the past like, couple of years, like Quinn Cook. Seth Curry. Um, who's the other uh, short well, usually, Duke point guard? Usually in recent times, Duke point guards are usually very limited. They're usually just a very good – They're limited, or but – Or a very good passer. Just but let's person. draft those guys because it's like you're not going to find 30 guys who are better than these short Duke the point guards. It's the Coral thing. Like you know they'll play a role. Like I'm saying, I'll draft players that I know will play a role. Yeah. And Therese Halberton's actually, at least in NBA draft on next, projected to be a top 10 pick, so – He's probably he already shot up some draft boards. I guess some teams probably watched more game film of him because he was always good. I watched him as well. He's a, he's projected as a top ten pick now. Yeah, number six good, in NBADraft.net. Good, good for him because I'm not gonna lie, Therese Halberton for me. When I watched him play, I was just like, oh my god, he's a monster. I'm gonna use my athletic subscription and let me check the athletic to see where he's projected. <laughs> Your athletics. Hey, I got I got I to show it off. Somehow. Hey, hey, I'm not gonna say anything. Because I honestly forgot to cancel it. So that's why I have an athletic subscription for a year. That's fair. Ooh. And that's $60. But <laughs> so let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Wanted to see a full mock draft. This doesn't have a full mock. Okay. Versini's mock, Sam Versini's mock draft. Let's see where he has Albert, Albert in. Yes, well, let's just see the full draft. He has Anthony Edwards, number one, no surprise. He has Lamella Ball, number two. He has James Wiseman, number three. Denny's um, the Croatian forward. I still cannot pronounce that last name. Denny Avadija? Yeah, yeah. He has him number four. He has Onyeka Onwangu, uh, the USC center. He has him number five. To the Warriors said to the Warriors. That's my guy. Isaac Okoro has the Atlanta Hawks have him coming back home to number six. <laughs> coming back home. <laughs> Therese Halberton for the Detroit Pistons at number seven. I absolutely... Pick. All right. I'm going to say this because I know that um, that uh, that French point guard, I think his name is uh, Killian, Killian Hayes. Yeah. Do not draft Killian... Uh, uh, Killian Hayes over Therese. If I'm Detroit, dude, he's at number ten. It has no choice but to draft a point guard this year. 
And if they draft Killian Hayes over Therese, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> I'm going to be so upset. As a former Michigan guy, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. When I look at these mock drafts, too, I don't even know why I even send the team names because the team names are irrelevant until until the lottery happens. Well, f- 15 and lower are relevant. 14 yeah. and oh, higher, yeah. 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 Definitely. Actually, technically 11, well, 11 and lower. lower. Yeah. Because like, well, usually 11 and through 14 don't really move. Not at all. Yeah. So you can say 11 through 11 and lower. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but yeah. I, still, I still say we're going to have just probably a lot of people that probably would have shown out in pre-draft workouts that will probably be big sleepers just because we haven't got a chance to see them because of Corona. But also, there'll probably be, like, this is probably a year, at least next season, where a lot of rookies probably won't get playing time because they, they have a chance to work out with other NBA players with their teammates that haven't got a chance to do so you have to get assimilated to the NBA game yet. Here's what I say. I say that um ten players will be in the league, the rest will be in the G League. <laughs> That's really what I feel. That, that could very well be happen. I, I yeah. honestly agree. That could very well you can yeah, probably see I some th- top ten picks in G League. Yeah, I think that yeah for sure. Hundred percent. I guarantee you I guarantee you like if I'm trying to think who can go in the Look top ten? James Wiseman. James Wiseman. It's going to be a point where James Wiseman hasn't played for a competitive basketball for about a year. Yeah, uh, James Wiseman could play in the G League. I don't expect it. I don't, I don't think that this is going to be. He's naturally talented, but the fact yeah. that he will haven't played for basketball for competitive basketball for about a year. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about the the current NBA rather than projecting right. a draft that's going to be in. I don't even know. We don't even know when the draft is going to be if it even is going to happen. All right, so yeah, so let's switch it over to the current NBA. So yeah. we did touch on the the teams that were playing during our NBA restart. So I'm going to ask you, what is your sleeper team for the NBA restart? What team you can see that can make a dark horse run at the championship? The Heat. The Heat? Okay. Yeah, I, I've, I've said that. Uh, get a little underrated. Um, hey, JC. Uh, yeah. Can you explain, explain the Heat again? Because you kind of cut off for like literally five seconds, so there was no audio of you. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the Heat can make a Dark Horse run because I feel like um, I feel like Eastern Conference teams get underrated. And to be fair, rightfully so. I feel like if you're not in the top six, outside of the top six, everybody else kind of sucks. Um, but I really, I like the Heat. And it seems like the Heat really play well together. And I really do think that Iguodala was that, ironically, Iguodala. Iguodala is that missing piece for this team to kind of get over the hump. He hasn't been doing much so far. Probably. But, you know, we'll really, I think we'll really see what happens like today when they play against the Nuggets. Because I feel like this is going to be that game where we're like, all right, is the Miami Heat serious? Can the Miami Heat? Because I think that the Heat actually match up really well, especially with the Bucks, in order to get to the championship. And I think that the Heat, um, maybe even the Raptors, the Raptors are, have been playing really well, surprisingly. I don't know why the Raptors are as good the as Raptors, they are. To me, Raptors not even called a sleeper team for me. True. They're true. Legit. Like, yeah. If, if you think about it, last year... 
like how many times Kawhi has actually played in a regular season? They were still one of the top teams. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I just didn't expect that the Raptors to be this good after losing Kawhi and losing DeRozan, who are two like really crucial parts. But it seems like it seems like Toronto's. Yeah, it just seems like they always find people to step up. It's like they always find people to step up. And um, yeah, that's going to be the really big thing for the Heat because it's like now we know that Jimmy Butler is, in my opinion, and I've been saying, I think I've told you this, Jimmy Butler is the most underrated player in the league by far, in my opinion. He's super underrated. Jimmy Butler is. Do they though? Because it seems like everybody always says, like, I don't know if I want Jimmy Butler because he's a locker room problem. I'm like, even if he's a locker room that, problem, that, that was a narrative a few years ago when he was on the Timberwolves. Nah, that's still a, that's still a narrative in my opinion. I don't know why it, it, it was a narrative going into the Heat. You notice that it was a narrative going into the Heat because he was a locker room problem with the Sixers. To hmm. me, it wasn't that he's a locker room problem; is that he'll become a he's locker not, room problem. He's not. He's not a locker room problem. If your players <laughs> are are not hungry. Then you'll be that's, a locker room problem. That, thank you, thank you. That's what I've been saying for years. I'm like. Jimmy Butler is an old school dude. He is a competitive guy who has a competitive nature who likes to talk shit. And he didn't vibe well with the Timberwolves, even though look at where the Timberwolves are now. Bottom of the league. <laughs> Bottom of the league. What did Jimmy Butler as soon as they, Jimmy they, Butler got there? Not much better uh post D'Angelo Russell though. I true. They they get better, but they're still bottom of the league. Still bottom of the league. And all I'm saying is that when Jimmy Butler went there, they went from a middle bottom of the road team to a contender leaves there goes to the Sixers they become a contender what happens after they leave they're not even in the top three in the Eastern Conference even though that's what we thought the 76ers was going to be I think Jimmy Butler is amazing I think he is absolutely phenomenal I, believe, I, I agree with you I, I believe yeah I agree. and and honestly in a league where I don't really trust that many guys in the last like minute of a game to really go out and get me a bucket. I trust Jimmy Butler above a lot of people. I would take Jimmy Butler in my top five guys who I want the ball in his hands in the last minute of a game. And I think that matters. I think that matters in today's NBA. Yeah. And like you made the point with the Timberwolves and the Sixers, like look at the players they have on their team. Carl Anthony Towns. You know, mm-hmm. I love Carl Anthony Towns. He's an amazing talent, but that personality, I don't can't get it done. Wanna- Mesh with <laughs> Butler. Andrew Wiggins, that's the epitome of a guy who has all the talent in the world, but just doesn't have the personality can't get it, never, yeah, to, can't really, get it done. to really want it. Yeah. If you look at the Sixers. Also, I want to. I do want to say this because I think you brought this up to me like a uh, like couple months ago. Timberwolves are a really bad organization. And they're not – and they do tend – and I don't know how hungry the Timberwolves are to be a contender because they. this is now back-to-back uh, – Back to back to back decades where they've had generational talent, big men, and Kevin Love, Kevin Garnett, and Carl Anthony Towns, and they've wasted just it. Always poorly run, just in terms of yeah, terrible decisions. Almost as bad as the Knicks. Almost, almost as bad as the Knicks. Yeah, yeah I feel yeah. like also the mistake was if you're going to have it's just a bad combination having Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau with the team that you have. It just was not going to work. Yeah, it wasn't going to work because Thibodeau is also an old school coach. You have new school players, so that wasn't going to work. And I feel like Saunders, while I like, like, look, Flip Saunders, rest in peace, one of the R.I.P. better coaches of all time. You can't just hire his son, 
just for that reason. I'm like, I agree. I, I agree I, with that. I, 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 it was great to make him interim, but to make him a full time coach, because it's like mm-hmm. now, like, look, if you fire him, it's going to look bad because that's Flip Saunders' son. Mm-hmm. But you can't keep him because he's not as qualified of a coach. I mean, they're playing better now because now he has a team that plays his philosophy now because he's a very perimeter-oriented coach. He values three-point shooting, and now that's their team. Mm-hmm. But to next year has to next season has to be the make or break break season. It has to be yeah. break season for him. But it's kind of hard to fire him because if you fire him, you're going to alienate some parts of your fan base. I don't care, Saunders' son. I don't care. I don't care. You gotta, you gotta clean house. If I'm, the, if I'm Minnesota, you gotta clean house. And that's the thing, Minnesota always cleans house. They never have any continuity as well. That's I say, every, clean makes, house makes mention the Kings not having continuity. Minnesota never has continuity. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just ter- like everything from the top. Listen, I always say it starts from the top when it comes to bad organizations, and I don't know what they got to do. I don't even know who the owner is. Of of the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't even know who the owner is. That's well, a they're bad. About, they're about to have new ownership soon, so you probably don't yeah, really need to know the owner. Right I now. don't know. I don't know. It's just like I say, fire Saunders, fire whoever the GM is, get Mark Jackson in there. I don't know why Mark Jackson is not a coach still. I don't know what's going on with that. I just want to put that on the record because <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. Okay, so I got a tweet. Mm-hmm. From um, this person, John Marcus, who's uh, who is uh, like a two K. Well, he's like a two K uh, re-rater, like he re-rates players on two K, and he has very good b- basketball knowledge. So I know okay. it might not be the strongest source, but okay, he he, he he worded it perfectly with Mark Jackson. So he says this is why Mark Jackson has not been hired. So let me pull up his tweet. Okay, I'm trying to scroll down on that been tweeting a lot but this is okay i'm trying to see like where is this tweet oh my god oh my oh, god man. i'm not, I'm not oh, trying, I'm not trying oh, to fool everybody oh jesus yo stop tweeting john marcus i'm trying i'm trying to pull up your tweet stop tweeting all i'm saying is that all right let me get this out there while you're pulling up this tweet three years as a head coach there we go, I found it. three years as a head coach ever right he only has three years of active coach experience I actually got on my computer just to look this up because this is how much I believe in Mark Jackson as a head coach. 2011 to 2012, Steph Curry. Um, I don't know if this is the state Steph Curry ankle injury year or if this is the year before, um, but they go 23 and 43, uh, 23 and 43. Pretty uh, uh, typical, especially considering what Golden State was at the time. Very next year, 2012, 2013. I think this is the year after Clay Thompson's rookie year, 47 and 35. Year after that, Steph Curry starts to become an MVP, 51 and 31. And then he gets fired. And then he never coaches again. All right. That was that was six years ago. He made the Golden State Warriors what they were. I don't know if he would have carried them to a championship. I don't know, because the Steve Kerr obviously pushed them to be that, but you can't tell me that coach like like Steph Curry was actively like upset that Mark Jackson was was fired as head coach. Like that's a fact. And I don't know. Steph Curry seems to me like he knows some stuff about basketball. <laughs> so I, okay, so I found I found this tweet. So reasons why Mark Jackson doesn't get coaching opportunities. Number one, burned every single bridge. I mean, we heard sources about that. Number I've heard two, sources. sabotage coaches and players, and he definitely has. Number three, 
I, I don't want to use this word comparing to a professional athlete or former professional athlete or coach, but this is what Sean Marcus said. Lazy, did no playoff prep work while Doc Rivers grinded. Number four, preached religious views while cheating on wife with stripper who blackmailed him. And number five, homophobic. And he elaborates on number five. I mean, I, I, I remember number four. I remember when he did cheat on his wife with a stripper. But number five, he said, many members of the Golden State Warriors front office are gay, including CFO Rick Welts, the first prominent sports executive to come out. A lot to read between the lines with Jackson's us versus them mentality with front office. Downhill after Jackson's not in my locker room and I'll pray for him tweet when um, John Collins... I think it was John, Jaron, it was John Collins, the, the twin brother of Jaron Collins. Not John Collins, Josh Collins. But one of the Collins twins, I keep forgetting which one. But one of the Collins twins, when he came out as gay. John um, Collins. Yeah, which, okay, so it was John Collins. So when Mark Jackson came out, when, yeah, John Collins came out as gay, Mark Jackson did say, I'll pray for him. And he said, not in my locker room. So you don't want to have a coach like that. Uh, okay, yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you don't want to um, have a coach like that in 2020. I don't want to have a coach like that, period. If all that is true, like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's exactly. tough. Exactly. That's tough. So it, and, and, and especially if you hire them and any of those news comes out, then you're going to alienate your fan base. Yeah, that's – that's uh, I yeah. say those are five valid reasons why he's not hired. Yeah, that's true. And honestly, that's true. I'm, I'm actually shocked. Why I didn't. I didn't think ESPN that that was color commentator. Even after all that, yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of that. I mean, when uh, he made mention of the the Collins thing, I did remember him saying something. Like I don't that. remember any of that. I know how Tim Hardaway Senior got blackballed from the NBA for saying he didn't want that in his locker room either. Well, shit. Well, Becky Hammond is available, guys. Oh, I'll hire Becky Hammond. I think, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think eventually Becky Hammond will be a head coach. Eventually. She has it's to be. I, sooner than I, later. Yeah, I don't know what um, San Antonio Spurs fan talk. Okay. Uh, I don't be know. Real. If she was a man, she would have been hired by now. Let's, let's just be real. I don't I, I feel like I, now a team is going to be open to hire hire. I will say that you're probably right, especially considering. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if she would have been hired as a head coach. I think she would have been hired as an assistant um, by now, like head assistant. Um, Look at Pierce for the Hawks. Pierce for the Hawks. Um, Brad Stevens for the Celtics. When he got hired, he was a coach for Butler. Even though he brought Butler to the national championship, he didn't think it was going to transition to an NBA coach already. But they factored in that he was young and a brilliant mind. I Becky really Hammond. do. I really do think that Becky Hammond is. I will say this. I I agree with you. However, I do like what the Spurs are doing, which is literally just bringing her up through the system step by step. Even though it's a slow process, and I agree with you that if she was a man, she probably would have got hired. I think that this will make her a better coach at the end of the day. Oh, definitely, I, definitely. But I do think that at this kid. point, at this point though, like now, because I think this is her sixth year as an assistant coach and she got brought up to the front like literally this year or last year uh, she just like got brought up to the front um she needs her opportunity like now and i think that san antonio needs to make a choice like whether they want to go the duncan route or the hammond route personally i think that you go the hammond route because i don't think duncan wants to be the head coach of the team um and i really do think that they 
Yeah, I, I would love – I would rather have Tim Duncan if I'm being honest. I would rather have Tim if he wants to be the head coach. But, um, yeah, I think that you need to make a choice whether Becky Hammond is going to be the future of the San Antonio Spurs or not because she's you know, going to get snatched up. You know what? I never thought of this, but hmm. is it possible a team can have a coach by committee? Like, let's say if Popovich retires mm-hmm. and then – they could have co-head coaches, Becky Hammond and Tim Duncan. That, that would be lit. Possible? That would be lit. I That would be really cool. I I would actually dig that, <laughs> like, a lot. I think that would be really sick. But um, I don't know if they can do that. That's a good question. I have no idea. You never know. Probably. I would love that, though, cause because that would be, that'd be San Antonio all day. We have San Antonio for Becky Hammond and then San Antonio for Tim Duncan. That would be so sick. There was times where Tim Duncan was an interim head coach, and there was times where Becky Hammond was an interim head coach. So yeah. what if they just have co-head coaches once Popovich retires? I don't know. I don't know. But the one thing I will say, coaches. I will say this, though. Bryn Forbes in the starting lineup for the San Antonio Spurs was Becky Hammond's idea. So maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, I don't know completely how I feel about Becky Hammond, but I still say give her a shot. Give her a shot. Forbes on, well, Bryn Forbes is not bad. He's a three-point shooter. He's a terrible defender. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> he's the worst defender I've ever seen, and I love me some Brent Forbes. Shout out to Michigan State. I love Brent Forbes. I saw. I was at the game with Devontae Murray. He could make nah, up for that by putting Brent Forbes n- in the week. No, Brent Forbes should be an off the bench, uh, seventh man, Patty Mills type guy. Would come in, get you nine points in like two quarters. Then what about, about Derek White? Yeah, Derek. I would rather have Derek White in at shooting guard, or I'd rather have Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker oh, seems. I'll, I'll take Lonnie Walker. Yeah, Lonnie. Have you seen Lonnie Walker, dude? Lonnie yeah. Walker looks like the real fucking deal. I like, thought he was the real deal coming out of college. I thought he was a real deal. I thought he was really raw, and I still think that he has a little I bit of raw he was tendencies. A real deal coming out of college and getting drafted to San Antonio. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, when he, yeah, getting drafted by San Antonio was a great decision because he seems now like he can be he has all defensive potential which i really like and he is an athlete man that kid is an athlete he can get up san antonio spurs are like the new england patriots with drafting it's like you don't think much of a player until they get drafted by them it's like okay so they may be be really good i may be be, i may be missing something here yeah except let's not draft lucas samancic or kelton johnson instead of bull bull next time let's go with bull Uh, bull instead Instead of Jakob Portal at center, let's get Bull Bull instead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's uh, instead of waiting for Lamarcus Aldridge to turn forty, let's go ahead and draft Bull Bull when he's there. Well, you know what? Let's talk about Bull Bull. Let's we we always kind of briefly touch about Bull Bull. Yeah, we seven, keep talking about Bull Bull. We're not talking about Bull. He's a seven foot two small forward. He is a seven foot two small forward. How is that possible? Yeah, I don't understand what. I don't know what the league was thinking. I don't know what people like executives were. I don't know what these medicals were. Let's start there. We don't know what the medicals were for him to get drafted at 44 or 45, whatever he got drafted at. Um, but yeah, he was a great ball handler. He's a sniper, honestly. <laughs> like he's a really, he, he's a very off the dribble too, not just spot up threes off the dribble. And, and he plays defense. Like he's actually a really good blocking rim protector. Jump shots, blocking jump shots too. Like, you, you, yeah. the, you saw a jump shot he blocked off JJ Reddick? Like, I, Crazy. I, I, I kept Crazy. that. I was like, wait, how did he even touch that? I yeah, so here's the real question, that. right? Uh, why? Because Bol Bol is clearly and obviously the perfect modern day center. He's perfect, except he is very small. Center. Like, 
Yeah. No, no, because I mean, the center position doesn't really. Yeah, the center position really doesn't exist, but you still need a seven foot guy who can protect the rim and shoot threes. And that's Bull Bull. He's a unicorn. He's like he's like Giannis and Kristaps Porzingis. Just guys who are abnormally tall but play perimeter positions. Yeah. So the real question is right about Bull Bull is, um, what do you do with him now? Because now you obviously you know Bull Bull has game. Um. But you still have Jokic. Do you defer more to Bull Bull and try to have him develop a little bit more? Do you kind of just have him take a backseat to, to Jokic? Or do you Yo, think that partnership Bull, is going to work Bull out? Bull four. I'll play Bull Bull at the four. He'll be a long-term answer for me for Paul Millsap after Paul Millsap gets older. True. Well, Paul Millsap's contract ends, ends this year, doesn't it? It probably – yeah, I think – I believe it does. It yeah, probably, I think it does. Probably extend it because uh, Porter, Jr., and Bull Bull are not ready yet. Mm-hmm. But – He's definitely the long-term answer. It could have been Porter Jr. I thought Porter Jr. was, but yeah, that back might not I, be. Uh, yeah, it, it really depends good. on that back because I still I still have Michael Porter Jr. stock. I had Michael Porter Jr. stock when he was at, at Hale, <laughs> and I still have that stock. I don't want to sell it just yet because I really think that he can be really, really, really good. They were Porter but Jr. You just got to see about that. I'm not um, condemning the Nuggets for making that pick. Getting no, a talent like that at number not. 14, that is a – like I'm saying, he has an injury. He has an injury problem, but for his talent, that's a risk you take at number fourteen. Bobo's Bo is a risk you take at the late first round. Well, here here is the question that I asked you now, right? Because this was a question that I was actually really thinking about. Does do the Nuggets have the best draft room in the NBA? Better than the Spurs? Yes, at this point, yes. You say yes. You look at their whole team, with the exception of Paul Millsap and Will Barton, who they signed, and who Will Barton Great, went, went from being a no-name player to being a decent, decent starter and very good six man. Yeah. Everybody else they drafted. Monte, I think Monte Morris they even drafted or got him undrafted. I think I think Monte Morris was undrafted. Yeah, but they they signed him undrafted, so that counts Jeremy Grant well. wasn't wasn't. Oh, Jeremy Grant, they, they they traded for well. Yeah, yeah. So the exception of those three players, Jeremy Grant Will was Mason Plumley drafted. He was drafted. And, by and, it. Okay, yeah. Mason Plumley was traded to them. Oh yeah, because he played in Brooklyn. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Let me go to their roster, but for the most part, most of their players. No, their core, the core, the core players like Jokic, Bull, Murray, drafted. Harris, uh, yeah, Morris too, and uh, I think that's it. Am I forgetting anybody? Okay, so let's see. PJ, Will Barton, um, Troy Dan. Well, Troy Daniels will play a big role. Troy Daniels, yeah. Jeremy Grant, Paul Millsap, and Mason Plumlee, and Noah Vonley. Those are players in the rotation that they have that they didn't draft. Does Noah Vonley play? And Noah Vonley probably barely plays. Yeah, he doesn't really play that much. But he he has talent. He has talent, but. Michael Porter Does Jr. He? <laughs> Does yes, he? yes, yes. Noah Vonley, Noah to me was the was the guy that I don't understand why everybody fell in love with him, and I don't understand why he got drafted. Because he's a raw 10. player, he has natural talent, but he just I, he never I, really put it together. Yet. I yeah, I don't get it. I I never understood it. But players that Nuggets drafted that play a role or will play a future role, Michael Porter Jr. Mason, well, Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, undrafted, but signed him. So that mm. counts. Scary Harris, Nikola Jokic, um, 
PJ jo- Dozier is also a player you can probably watch. I like them in college. No, I like I, I, I like Dozier. Yeah, I like them in college. Torrey Craig, I think, was undrafted or signed or from G League, but he was a unhar- no no he was a no name player that they turn and they turned him to a defensive stopper. Okay, you know what? I will say this. Um, I, I I think we have to give it to you just because um, San Antonio. Who knows? Um, I don't think San Antonio is going to make the playoffs, even though I really, really want them to. I really want them to keep this streak. I think Portland is going to end up um, excusing the Grizzlies out of the out of the playoffs. Um, but I don't know, man. The 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 draft. I mean, I just want you to. I'm going to name off some guys, right? Oh, yeah, we didn't we didn't name Malik Beasley, and they had to trade Malik Beasley because he couldn't. Oh yeah, afford I forgot about Beasley. Yeah, so I, they, they, and he got traded to the Timberwolves. So they had so many. It, that's that's the burden. They drafted so well that they had just so many players that they couldn't afford to pay when their contract is up. So they just had to trade some pieces, and Malik Beasley was one of them. That's they draft that team like right. I mean, historically, of course, it's the Spurs, but right now it's the Denver Nuggets. They got a franchise player in the second round, and Nikola however, Jokic. however, they got a potential franchise player in Bowl Bowl probably. Who knows? But they're not. But they're not really good at drafting in the. Well, I guess yeah. Their the first, first round, round Jamal Murray. Gary, Gary Harris? Hey, Gary Harris, yeah. Malik Beasley? And those are yeah, late first-round picks for Gary Harris and Malik Beasley. Michael yeah, Porter Jr., Spurs, that's so. a great pick, even if yeah. he gets injured or not. At number 14, but those late great Spurs first-rounders, though. Gary Harris, a late first-round pick for the Denver Nuggets. I'm just saying, yeah, but the late first-rounders for the Spurs, though. I mean, like, DeJounte yeah. Murray, 29th, uh, Derek White, 30th, or something like that. <laughs> I think it was. I actually, mean, no, it was earlier than that. And then you got Lonnie Walker. I mean... They're neck and neck, and you can even say yeah. the Warriors as well. They're they're all neck and neck in terms of yeah. the drafting. But yeah, the Warriors. I just Warriors say currently it's the Nuggets. I'll give it. I'll give it to talent you. Talent like Jokic in the second round, and he's one of the, the best centers in the NBA. You get that in the second round. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll 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 I'll, I'll give it to the Nuggets. I just wanted to, I wanted to play they double advocate and say the Spurs. They get a potential franchise play right now in Bobo. Who looks like he could be a superstar? I know it's a very, very small sample size, but what I've seen in, seen of him very small is like you need to state that a little bit harder. It's a microscopically small sample size. Uh, fam, I gotta get like a what? A, what do you call it? The this thing that the scientist uses? I gotta get like a microscope. I gotta get a microscope in order to see the sample size. It's so small. But it's so yo, tiny. The potential this guy. The, the things he can do at that size is unreal. The fact that he's 7'2 and just like Christoph Porzingis can play the four spot, because I can see him as a long-term four. That, that's you can see him as a long-term four. Yeah, I yeah, agree with that. He's skinny. I mean, and it doesn't look like he has a body type, just like his father. It doesn't look like he has the body type. Yeah, I really, I really need him to, to put on something, though. I need but him to put it's on something. Like, it's like his father. Like, it's just probably not his body type. And then he can play in the perimeter. Yeah, I put I, the ball on the floor. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, his father played in a in a in a league that was going to pretty much push him around, throw elbows, um, you know, hand check, and all this stuff. But now, yeah, now I don't know. Like now, we see a lot more people get injured than they used to. Have you noticed that, or is that just me? I don't. I don't know, know why play. I don't know why players are getting injured. When the league is not as physical, 
Um, probably, it, it, it probably is it because these you, or it probably just because they report more on injuries, even nagging injuries. They probably just report more on nagging injuries now. I don't know. I feel like just I don't remember a time in history when so many athletes are getting hurt. <laughs> this is also one thing that I wanted to bring up. I'm not I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted to segue this for the bowl bowl thing, but I feel like superstars are getting hurt left and right not even just in the nba just in general i feel like athletes are just getting hurt at an unprecedented rate and i don't know what's going on um just i think it's just because athletes are just more athletic and i do think, you, it, it, does I that think make they, sense <laughs> overall i don't know i think overall they just play more they just play more overall from high school game do you think it's because they're playing game. the same sport over and over again athletes are not playing two or three sports that are only focusing just on basketball or just on football or just on soccer. Do you think that's part of it? Could be. Could be. That's mm. a, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm never really thought about that, but I didn't either until a couple weeks ago, <laughs> you know, just growing up playing sports myself. And even I'm not like a, a Supreme athlete or anything. Oh yeah. We should probably announce that. I am not an athlete whatsoever. <laughs> I'm just a guy who loves watching sports. I barely even got playing time for my high school teams, but I but definitely even, didn't. I got cut. You got cut? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry for you on that. But, um, <laughs> but uh, like, I've been, even even still, like, even for someone who hasn't really got playing time, I've been working, at least for high school, I've worked out every day because it was mandatory. Then we practiced after school. I was also playing basketball. Basketball players who are playing competitive basketball play AAU. They play high. They play high school. They're supposed to work out in between. Then it's like you're playing so much, and I think you're working. I think you're working yourself more than generations before at this, where it's just putting a toll at your body at a younger age. True, and that's probably why you see more injuries. Like I feel like the reason why I tore I tore my ACL in high school. No, but I Jesus. feel like because of that, it was because I used to strain my. I went, I think I went from straining myself so much playing football to after leaving the football team because I really got tired of it, like senior year, to not I mean, playing as much. But then my body was adjusted to me playing basketball as much, and then it probably just strained my knee, or probably just put too much pressure on my knee playing football so much, or working well, out for football so much. Well, here we go. Let me let me just let me let me put it into this perspective, right? Here here's some superstar players that have been injured in the past in the past year. We had Steph, we had Kevin Durant, we had Zion, we had um uh Kyrie. Uh I feel like Anthony Davis was hurt, but I really don't remember if he was not hurt in the recently, last year. Not recently, but like Not in the last year he wasn't hurt. I feel like in the last year he was he was hurt for a little bit. Yeah, I think it was more he was sitting out, not hurt. Okay, that's fair. Um, we also had obviously John Wall, who's been out for like four years. I feel like um, Joel Embiid, uh, Tatum was hurt. I remember for for a little bit. Um, Blake, like I feel like th- we don't really see Chris Dapps. I I forgot to mention. Um, I, I just don't remember, like, I don't remember a time in, in, in history, like, even 10 years ago, 20, 30 years ago. Like, let's just use the NBA for an example. 
Like, do you remember a time when just superstars were just injured at this rate? Like, because I don't remember in like the 2010s when we were talking about like Kobe, Carmelo, and all these guys were just injured all the time. Players from past generations, they're just stronger. They've worked out more. While players in this generation, a lot of guys are named are very skinny. Yeah, that's fair. And don't work out as much. Like, we can make the Tracy McGrady point. Tracy McGrady always got hurt. You know why? Tracy McGrady said himself he never lifted weights. Mm. So, so you um, think it's, it has that correlation? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. Even though I may, ironically, I said I tore my ACL from doing that, but it could be it could be another reason. But it could be from straining myself at such a young age. For them, it's probably they're playing basketball and straining themselves at a young age. And then they're not lifting too much weights in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or, or And also, I just feel like since it's more competitive because athletically, everybody's more gifted. So naturally, I think their bodies are just being pushed more because okay. just over, overall competitiveness. You could probably say that in the 90s, NBA probably had more star power, but even that's debatable right now. I don't think that the NBA has ever had more star power than it does right now. Yeah, I, I think, think that right, it, I think right, I think right now it's at its highest, but yeah, um, like some people like to debate that, but granted now i will say this i don't know um this is also a really good point i don't know if the top is as is as good as it was in the 90s i don't think so yeah that's what i meant by star power like isn't top heavy no i'm talking about in terms of just no if we're talking star power it's definitely now because star power into me is just popularity wise you know what i mean yeah that to me is star power but if we're talking in terms of talent talent we can debate i don't know yeah, talent okay. wise yeah that's what i yeah. meant like top heavy you could probably debate top heavy with the 90s yeah, top, it, you overall, can debate about that yeah overall talent just from across the board from the best player on the team to the worst player on the team it's nba now. is much better now it's so way better i think now. right now there's just players that are probably just putting their bodies on more they, they're just putting more strain on their bodies going against higher competition which is why they're getting hurt more interesting uh, oh, by the way, I didn't even I didn't even ask you this beforehand. Who is your dark horse in the in the in, oh, in, in this NBA race? No, we I think I think we said this like 50 minutes ago. Um, yeah, I know. I I completely forgot to ask you ask you that back. I just went on my tangent about the Heat. Okay, so my dark my dark horse is the Houston Rockets, and why the Houston really? Rockets? Because this finally we're going to have a playoffs with uh, James Harden who is who is rested. We're going to have a James Harden who isn't tired for putting the whole offensive load on his back like he's been uh, doing for the past few years. Yeah, you sure you want to say that after? Yes, yes. I'm still, I, I said this before the Mavericks and Houston Rockets game. And I'm going yeah, to say this after the Mavericks and Houston Rockets game. Because at the end of the day, it was still one game. And, and I wish we get And he see. almost put up 50 points, I'm pretty sure. Didn't he put up 50? Yes, yes, he did. He did. So he is kind of still putting the team on his back. He's still, I'm, I'm saying he's still putting the team on his back, but it's not coming after an 82-game season. And then going oh, straight gotcha. to the playoffs okay. and being exhausted. Now he actually had four months of rest. So this is the first time we've seen a playoff playoffs with Harden with four months of rest so we might see a different James Harden because you know how we always have like at least for the past couple of years we had James Harden will usually tire out by the second round of the playoffs and then the Rockets never do good after that so now we get to see Rockets with arrested James Harden so this might be a team that could be scary and also the way the Rockets play now with this micro ball 
a lot of teams didn't really get a chance to see how they play because once they implemented this philosophy, we got COVID. So not many teams have played against it. You had a couple of teams in the Western Conference that played against it a couple of times. Well, not not too many teams. There's, so there's still teams that have seen this style of play or just came across this style of play for the first time. So they won't. They probably won't be adjusted to how to to play it against them. So Houston has, um, in my opinion, one of the one of the hardest last eight games um, going into the playoff. Um, obviously, they had the Mavericks, who I think are a tough matchup for anybody. Very. Uh, also, tomorrow, too. yeah. Tomorrow they have the Bucks, which is going to be tough. Um, they have Portland, which is going to be really tough, especially with how hungry Portland is probably going to be coming into this. Um, they have the Lakers. Then they have a off night with the Kings, which would be a nice good day of rest. Then they have the Spurs, and then the Pacers, and then the Sixers. So they have a really tough schedule going in. So I, that rest is going to go away real quick, <laughs> real quick in the next in the next uh, uh, fourteen days. Yeah, but if I'm honestly, if I'm um, Mike D'Antoni, I'm I'm going to be resting James Harden because I mean, like, look, you need him for the playoffs. And I, if, I, if I'm D'Antoni, I want I want him to get rested. So like, look, they don't. These games are not really going to matter. I mean, it could change the seedings a little bit, but. At the end of the day, you're still gonna have to go against the Clippers and Lakers eventually. So, like, look, I'm I, I would want to rest. Yeah, right now, I, I, I like the team. I like the team a lot. I think that. Um, I will say this: I think that it's really dumb what people were saying about Houston beforehand because everybody was like, "How is James Harden and Russell Westbrook gonna get along?" I'm like, "Well, they're two All NBA caliber players. They're gonna be fine." <laughs> they're gonna they're be re- they're gonna be really good. Yeah, they're, they're gonna friends. be really good. Um, the one thing I will say why I don't believe in the Houston Rockets is that um, I know that you think that this whole center position doesn't really matter, but it's gonna matter come playoff time. And this whole small ball thing we saw earlier in the yeah, year. I mean, yeah, look, look, look what Chris Porzingis did. He had thirty six and sixteen. I mean, I mean, you just look at when they play guys who have big men who can actually bully the small ball lineup that they have. Um, I think that that's going to be move like Christoph Porzingis. So that you can't, so not like a liability. Yeah. um, I think that, um, I think that it's going to depend on where they finish in the seating. Um, Whether they finish, I I don't think it matters that they play four or five. I think that Utah is going to be a really tough matchup for them. Um, but if they can finish sixth, I'm not going to lie. I actually kind of like this team against the Nuggets for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't I, I don't think that the Nuggets are going to be able to handle the Rockets athleticism. If that makes sense. I like I like that matchup. However, if they go up against yeah. uh, the Utah Jazz and Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, I think I, that they get torched. I think, yeah, I think they I think they match up well against teams that have slow big men. Yeah. Because you can really keep them on the floor. Yeah, so their best option of getting to the finals would be to face the Clippers and not the Lakers. Because if they face the Lakers, they're going to get absolutely destroyed. I don't think that the Lakers are a good matchup. However, the Lakers also are kind of kind of screwed depending on if I, Caruso I, can kind of pick it up because losing Avery Bradley was a really big deal. I think the Lakers are a better matchup for the Rockets than the Clippers are. 
Because the Lakers, so? Lakers do not refuse to play Anthony Davis at the five. At least occasionally they do. But they played they, Anthony Davis at the five against yeah, the Clippers. They, yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did. They did as spurts. But yeah, for most of the season, usually they haven't really. But mm-hmm. if they want to play against the Rockets, they need to exclusively play Anthony Davis at the five. He needs to start at the five if that's the only way they can win. I'm not. It's not to say the only way they can win, but that's the best way they can win. I feel like the Clippers match up better. Better. I mean, the the Rockets are a worse matchup with, against the Clippers because Clippers has have so many different lineups they can they can do because they just have so much depth. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I I I, I kind of agree with that. I feel like. Um, ironically the only team that i think can beat the clippers of the top two teams in the league is the lakers because i feel like especially watching that clippers game even when lou williams comes back i don't know what they do with anthony davis anthony davis is a really big problem and i agree with you when you say that they need to play him at center um when he was playing at center the lakers were kind of unstoppable and um they don't really have an answer for him, and I don't know if any team really has an answer for him. But I agree with you. There's when no you, team that has an answer for Anthony Davis. But that's also why I'm saying I don't really know what the Houston Rockets do if they put, even if Anthony player uh, Anthony Davis plays uh, power uh, the four. What did they do with Anthony Davis, and what do they do with um, Dwight Howard when he gets minutes, or JaVale McGee, who pr- both of them pretty much play the exact same uh, style of basketball? Like, what do you? Oh. When uh, Dwight Howard gets, when Dwight Howard is on the floor, Javale McGee's on the floor, I wouldn't want that because you know what? They're gonna have to defend the perimeter. If not, they're just gonna have PJ Tucker knocking down threes on them. So I wouldn't want that. From yeah, all right, well then. But if Anthony Davis is on the floor, they can't really do nothing about that because he can defend exactly. the perimeter. Hence why I don't really. And and it's funny that we say this. Anthony Davis, ironically, one of the five best players in the world he is the wild card of what how great the lakers can really be in these playoff runs because i will say this i don't even if somehow houston makes it to the finals if they play milwaukee they're screwed i don't think that they beat milwaukee i don't think they beat milwaukee 10 times out of 10 with this roster for Houston, uh, yeah, I don't, Houston. I don't, honestly, I don't see Houston beating Milwaukee at all. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, honestly, I don't know. Milwaukee, Milwaukee I, I will say this: Milwaukee is my personal favorite. To Milwaukee win the championship does this essentially year. what Houston does, but more efficient at it, shooting three. Yep, yep. And Milwaukee is just and Milwaukee's dangerous. And Milwaukee's big, which is Houston's biggest problem. And um, to be fair, a lot of teams' biggest problem is that they're they're huge and. Um, yeah, that, they're they're my favorite to win the championship. Who's your favorite to to win the championship this season? I think it's the Clippers. If I'm taking a guess. Oh no no no. Um, I would have said the Clippers if Corona didn't happen, because the Clippers didn't really have a chance to gel with all the talent they have in their roster yet. Mm-hmm. And I think um I think for this NBA restart, they're the ones that are kind of like at a disadvantage because they still they only played 11 games of everybody in their lineup. And I think that's, that was even before Marcus Morris came on the team. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say the Clippers. I honestly am, am with you with – it's the Bucks or Lakers for me. And Bucks I'm Lakers. leaning towards the Bucks. There we go, boys. I'm yeah. leaning towards the Bucks, And it's like it, – to me, it's like up in the air with Lakers and Bucks. But I'll, I'll just lean towards the Bucks. This is like you got Gian, – Gian, Giannis is unstoppable. Chris Middleton's 50, 40, and 90 guy. Um, Bledsoe is a very good defender. 
Lopez is actually defensive the player of the year contender, believe it or not. Even though Giannis is going to win. Say what? <laughs> Even though Giannis should win. Oh, yeah, 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 probably. Well, defensive player of the year, yeah, probably you would win that too. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, this, I mean, the Bucks are crazy. It's, and they got the depth as well. That's still, that's still a problem with the Lakers. It's a depth. They yeah. Got they're, the depth as well for the Bucks. Yeah. They're super deep. They have, um, Obviously, Pat Connington is what I was saying. They're they're super deep. Um, I don't really, I don't know. Uh, they're just really, really, really good. They're really solid. And this is probably going to be the last point because I feel like this podcast has been going on for like three oh, yeah. hours. Oh yeah, uh, this will be my last point. Um, I want to say let's go ahead and stop with this whole who is the MVP, Giannis or LeBron? Can we stop with that? Because it's not LeBron James. <laughs> it's not. Not this it, year. There's a lot of no. years he should have won it, but not this year. Yeah, I, I understand we want to pay respect to LeBron James, but Giannis not only was, in my opinion, the best defensive player uh, in the league this year, he was one of, if not the best offensive player in the league this year. And when did we get to the point where a guy who's probably going to win defensive player of the year is not going to win the MVP and he was one of the best offensive players in the league. Like, when did this happen? Like, Giannis, in my opinion, as of right now, is the best two-way player in the league. And it's not close. Even though I love me some Kawhi Leonard. I want to say that. I love me some I, Kawhi I, Leonard. I was thinking Kawhi. I was thinking Kawhi. But is yeah, Kawhi yeah. better two-way player than Giannis right now, though? You know what I mean? Like, last year, it was no question Kawhi. But this year, Kawhi has decided to set out a lot of games. Kawhi He set out also, a lot of games last year. <laughs> he, no, I'm saying, like, yeah, you're right. He, 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 he set out a lot of games, but it just seems like that, two, like, Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, is the best perimeter defender of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For Giannis, I say he is the best two-way player. He is the mm-hmm. best two-way player, but I don't say it's, like, it's not even close. I mean, I'll put Kawhi over. Ah, I would say it's not close because, like, really, let's let's let me put it to you this way. Where's Kawhi Leonard for you in MVP voting? Like, if you had to make a list, if you had to make a list, he's not of your because he's barely he barely plays, so he's not exactly. So how can you put him in the conversation of best two way players if he doesn't play? It's the same way. Have you, have you put him in the conversation last year? When he didn't play as well. To me, Kawhi, I only judge Kawhi in the playoffs, really. Like, he doesn't value the regular season like that. He, he values his... I don't like that. I don't like that argument. Because if, if, if we don't grade you during the regular season, then what's the point of no, the regular season in the first place? I'm not grading him, but I'm not basing it off regular season accolades with Kawhi to determine if he's the best two-way player. I do. He proves in the playoffs he's the best two-way. I won't say not best two-way player, but he's... Uh, definitely up there as the best two-way player to me you got to show it you got to show it um how many games is that um if you play 16 games in the playoffs you got to show me that you can play uh 98 games <laughs> if you can play 98 games of showing me that you're the best two-way player which Giannis is, might actually do you know because Giannis to me has been the best player on every court that he stepped on this season I, I believe that. I, I, yeah, and to me, that just shows if you're the best player on both ends of the court every single time you step onto the court, like borderline like some MJ slash Kobe stuff and LeBron 
uh, in that Miami Heat days when uh, after the Mavericks uh, loss, obviously, when he was just stepping on you as like the best player on the planet, like 2012, 2013 and even 2014 to some to some extent. Like Giannis has been that this season. He's been the best player on every single court that he stepped on. And I can't give it to Kawhi Leonard if you're just going to grade him off of the playoffs. He's not a better two-way player than Giannis right now. I just can't do it. I mean, no, I'm, I'm, we, we both agree that Giannis mm-hmm. is the best two-way player. I'm just saying that Kawhi is definitely Yeah, I'm going with the by far. Yeah, that's that. that's, yeah. I, don't, I just don't say by far. I, just I got say you. By far. Yeah, that's but, fair. Yeah, it's been about over two hours of this podcast. Great first episode. Phenomenal. Appreciate you, JC. Glad we I... got we got this we got we we finally got a podcast started because we've really been talking about this for about a year probably almost a year almost a year yeah, yeah almost a year it's yeah. about goddamn time <laughs> it's about damn time about damn time we'll leave it at that so everybody stay tuned for our podcast we'll have next week we'll talk more about the nba and more about any random things that are happening so peace out everyone see y'all later Peace.